and welcome back to Castle Rock Critical. And it's another bonus episode here for you today. We've teamed up once again with Castle Rock Historical Society podcast. We had a pre-live finale chat with them, which came out about a week or so before the finale, uh, saying for what we wanted the finale to give us, and we had a live chat section. We did the same thing again, but this is our post-finale chat. We had live questions from listeners which came up with new theories responded to some of the stuff that we were saying so there's a lot of really interesting debates going on in this uh, in this live show if you want to check out the video then please go check it out it's on superficial gallery youtube page you can probably find all of the links to it as well uh, in our social media feeds but we are coming back once again to do a proper official castle rock critical season wrap-up podcast where we're going to blueberry the whole season of castle rock season one there's going to be some fun segments in there it's going to be a nice little bonus episode and of course as i've mentioned before please do subscribe and we're going to be keeping the content going in the off season by covering stephen king adaptations films novels uh, any other horror films that we like so we will be producing a lot of content for everyone here so i hope you enjoy the uh, live discussion that we had and here it is now Welcome to another Castle Rock Live, the second one in the series and the finale of the Castle Rock Live series. Um, today, I'm uh, joined by Emma. Hey, guys. Not John this week. We've got Emma. Yeah, I know it's confusing with the facial hair and everything, but no, I'm Emma. Hi. Yeah, that is Emma. And we're also joined by, of course, Castle Rock Historical Society, Acadia. Hello. Hello. And Hannah. What's up? Right. So um, I think first and foremost, because... There's been a lot of chat between us on social media and in our WhatsApp groups and that sort of thing. But for anyone listening, I think we need to talk about uh, our thoughts on the finale um, in general, because it has been easily one of the most divisive uh, finales of a show that I've ever seen on on social media, on Reddit, all that sort of stuff. So in terms of what you thought about it, Hannah, I'll come to you first. What were your thoughts on the finale? I know you were slightly raging uh as soon as the as soon as it finished you know um but you've had some time you've sat on it what are your thoughts mm-hmm. yeah initially i had considered murder perhaps becoming a serial killer and then you know just saying it wasn't me it was this place i'm sorry castle rock writers room about yeah. all of the death but i've since mm-hmm. now revised it to like a parenty kind of thing i'm not mad yeah. i'm just disappointed that's worse in a way isn't it that's worse i guess kind of (laughs) yeah anger you know apathy and disappointment are definitely worse than anger in my opinion but yeah uh what were you most angry about or disappointed in uh the dead in the water mysteries Mm. that had been dredged up over the season the desjardins the sheepdogs the a couple of other things that just kind of died I just forgot. I completely, completely forgot about the dogs. Completely forgot about the Dulux dog. Yeah, right into yeah. that. Now I'm furious. Yeah, I just thought about that. What's that yeah. about? Maybe they made come such a big the... deal out of it. I know. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I'll, I will let you guys blueberry the finale. So if anyone listening for the first time, we blew over at Castle Rock Critical. We uh, blueberry everything, and basically, uh, it was an extremely varied amount of blueberries that were given for the finale. I think you gave it a five. Sure did. Which we'll get onto your thoughts in a minute about why you think it's 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 the best episode of the season, Emma. Mental for me, uh, for you, yeah. yeah. You're allowed your opinion, and um, I think John gave it a two. Uh, yep. Gaz gave it a three. Lucy gave it a three. I gave it a four. So we had the whole spectrum. Nothing's ever really gotten a one. 
as far as I know. Mm. What would your blueberry be? And there can be no halves in the in the scale, so it's very harsh but fair scale. Okay. Two blueberries as a season finale, but like if it had been a standalone episode, I think I yeah. probably would have given it a three or a four. Yeah, I, I can I can see that. I think it's just that, you know, those lingering doubts when the mm-hmm. when the credits rolled. Um I can't I, wait for my hate mail after this. Yeah, yeah. Well <laughs> it's usually John that gets the hate mail, which is the interesting yeah, thing. Not. It's the only reason I did it. Uh John gets some of the funniest uh just as a side note, it, we get some funny reviews every now and then, and we had one review on <laughs> iTunes about two months ago, which literally I burst out like I've literally He's burst. Still it was so fu- about it was it. so funny. It basically went, it went along Great the lines drink. of uh, everyone's fine except for one host. John is a very disturbed man. No, he's, a, he's very disturbed and a troubled man. Troubled man. And then subsequently, this particular reviewer reviewed us four out of five stars what? because she didn't like John. She, he, oh. they. But John, John was up. John was. Uh, John. He takes it in a stride. He's he takes, still furious about this. He takes it in his stride. But um so a two. A two blueberries. Yeah. Uh okay, that's that's acceptable. I've been you know, I can't argue with anyone's blueberries on no, this episode. I can't argue with anyone's opinion because we're all entitled to Yeah, that. of course we are. Course we are. Um higher than your initial score, Hannah, when you first watched it. Uh, I didn't really get asked to blueberry it until I'd had some time to simmer. So maybe initially I would have given it a one. Can you give zero blueberries? Is that a thing? Yeah, that yeah. is the lowest of the low. That is the lowest. Oh, okay. Yeah, then I would have given it zero I right mean, after the first possible. watch. Uh, I want to say hi to the guys in the chat, just first and foremost. I've just and seen our boy John is in the chat. He's piped up. So so doesn't bother John! me. John cannot be here in visual form, but somehow he is in the chat. Uh, he says that review doesn't bother him. So no. anyway, nice. let's no. go to okay. Acadia. Well, you know, what were your thoughts on the finale? Because when we did the last Castle Rock Live, you know, we went through what we wanted to get out of the finale. And I think nothing that you wanted to get out of it was in the episode, to be honest with you. So when I was watching it, I was like, I don't think Acadia is going to be very happy with this. Yeah. Actually, I think this is the longest I've ever been quiet on any show ever, even shows I'm not on. This is kind of neat. I was listening to everybody and... I am going to give it when it when it first aired like like mm. Hannah I was not uh, super thrilled I probably would have given it a 2 but now that I have had some time to reflect on it I'm giving it a 3 because okay. the things that I have a problem with are with how they treated the fans yeah. not with how they served the story and i'm sure we'll get into it uh, later but uh i think that they they were sloppy and lazy in some instances and they knew they were being sloppy and lazy and they could have fixed it and they didn't yeah but Um, the the through line of the mystery when it started and the mystery when it ended mm. i was i was better with after reflecting on it yeah, I think it's definitely something you need to like rewatch, sit on, and have some different opinions on. Emma, you gave it a five. Um, yeah, I bloody tell, loved it. Tell people why you gave it a five. So, firstly, uh, I think I'd like to clarify that I get why people would hate it because it is incredibly frustrating. And a lot of what I've been thinking about in hindsight is how there are a lot of things that have not been answered, and that is annoying at the sheepdog 
Who, why, what is the Dulux dog? We'll get on to that. That's a big thing for me. Biggest question. Yeah. Exactly. Um, But it, it perfectly like summed up what I love about Stephen King, Mm. which was ambiguity. And it was fucked up and crazy and all over the shop and it got to the end and it was resolved, but it wasn't because we still didn't have a clue what was going on. And I ended that episode just feeling blown away by it. And I like to have questions. I like to be able to make my Mm. own mind up. Mm. And we said in our podcast, you know, um, we found a post that was on Reddit. It was by Zombabies. I read it to you. Sorry, I was laughing at John saying nice hair, Len. Nice hair. Well, thank you, John. Thank you. Yeah, they're working on that. So I'm not wearing a hat. Maybe today. you should hustle as hard as you hate John. Yeah, yeah. John just is John just going to be trolling me for the whole time that we're yeah, <laughs> on this live chat. Obviously, this is why he's not in. But we found this post on um, on Reddit, which was uh, you know, and I read it out mm. on the podcast, and it was amazing. It was one of the best takes of the show that I've seen uh, in terms of the way that you should analyze the finale. And it said that basically, like that court scene with Henry in season uh, episode one, yep, where he's asking the jury about reasonable doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the day, the whole season has been like a court case and you know we are the jury and how much you know are we certain that the kid is uh evil or good or you know is there any certainty so you know like henry he he needs like he said etched in gold by god yeah that you know the truth that's what he says in that speech at the court in the courtroom whereas i don't need that which is why i think i enjoyed it more than a lot of other people so if you have that reasonable doubt and that's what they're asking you to do they're asking you to draw your own conclusions i mean i gave a four i gave it a four i originally had a three when i first watched it but after subsequent rewatches i gave it a four um it it's creeping up more and more i'm still thinking about the the actual ending and i'm still thinking about uh what i believe which is always good when you pose these questions yeah. and it makes you analyze the show i'm analyzing <clears throat> certain things yes the mystery box format and all of the things that they um that they didn't answer are very frustrating however they might they've left themselves room they've left themselves room to mm-hmm. to potentially address some of these issues in future seasons yeah. not you know remember the town is going to be the consistent character um mm-hmm. and the the other the people are interchangeable in the town so these themes of dogs like the sheepdog we were just talking about yeah. and um you know even things like the norse gods that we've mentioned and the little chess pieces and mm-hmm. all these little things they might come into play in in future seasons somehow well, like, essentially they're probably going to end up being like our totems aren't they as viewers yeah, but, something like that. You, acadia what were you going to say well i agree in part, also, Emma, I think when you said Stephen King's thing is ambiguity, you may have meant um, Stephen King sucks at writing endings because <laughs> of yeah, that. that. Yeah. No, what I said is what I love is what the ambiguity. That's not yeah. necessarily that it's his thing. Maybe maybe he does just suck. Oh I'm no! Being... Keep reading. You'll find. You'll be like what? <laughs> uh, well, so... Reading the Talisman. Thanks to your recommendation. Yeah, you. I, I was listening to your show on the way into work, and I heard you say that, and I was like, "Aw!" And the person yeah. next to me on the train was like, "Fuck, are you doing?" <laughs> uh, so, uh, I think what I want to try and not do with this because I loved from the minute that they announced the show, I was in love with it. I am trying very hard not to be the guy that is in a relationship with just some shitty girl that treats me awful and <laughs> all my friends are like yeah but what if, why, why are you with her and i'm like yeah. oh remember that time show, uh, yeah we talk about the show here <laughs> but this is the thing the show did stuff to us that mm. 
I'm not thrilled with. And I, yeah. and I say that through the lens of people who are, who basically have been trained by lost and Westworld and yeah. uh, fringe and these kinds of shows that are inviting people to do what we did. Yeah. And so we'll talk about the, you know, what we think about the kid and all that stuff. But I think you mentioned the dog, the bandage priest, all that kind of stuff. Mm. They're professional writers. And oh, yeah. somebody said, Hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to make it that Molly's house gets broken into. Yeah. And somebody said, why? And the writer was like, Ooh. and they were like, well, that's weird. Let's leave it in. And they're, and, so the the bandage priest, all those things, I started thinking about it, and the bandage priest, the dog, a lot of the weird things that happened happened when the the person experiencing them was alone. Mm. So they could have yeah they did that throwaway line about how oh, there's no Bangor Strangler, which kind of telegraphed to the fans that the we talked about it last week that the dead zone t v show wasn't part of the canon. Somebody yeah. could have just said, "Oh no, people see weird shit around here all the time. It doesn't mean anything if they had said that in like episode two, we wouldn't be pissed about the dog or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, but they didn't because they wanted us to think they all meant things that's my that's my opinion, and that's why it's not a higher score for me. Yeah. yeah. This also might be a good time to say that it's important to remember that like this is based on the Stephen King multiverse, but he's not the one writing these episodes. It's other people writing Stephen King. Yeah. Which like I feel like King has a pattern where it's like he often in his stories has this one scene, usually just one, that's bizarro world meant to communicate anything could happen you know like a lady licking her floor or a person eating a live kitten or something Mm -hmm. like that you know but they did like 15 of those it's people trying to imitate stephen king and then kind of like for lack of a better word fucking it up yeah you know and king does leave things open-ended but like when you read it you still understand what it is well, by the end of the story. Well, and in yeah, Insomnia, they, you understand what's happening by the end of it, yeah. even though you don't know the exact mechanics of everything. Yeah. It's just... Yeah, I think... Untrimmed with, yeah, with, with Remember I said last week that I think there needs to be some sort of rules established because at the mm-hmm. moment there's there's no... There's like no ba- world, world rules? World rules, yeah. yeah. Okay. There's no boundaries. I need, you know, I was hoping we'd get some sort of explanation about the schisma and its limitations because leaving that um, so aloof does give them any possibility. They can write themselves out of any corner. They're deus ex machina. They can just write anything yeah. they need to happen, which is a problem, but... Um, you know, things like you've just mentioned, like the whole it thing and insomnia. Yeah. They, there are these really weird patches, especially in it, you know, where they're almost hallucinatory. Well, yeah, they mm-hmm. go to like another dimension and they see the turtle, uh, Mator, what's his name? Matoro or something. Maturin. Yeah. Or in they see the turtle. It's just like, you know, that is mental. I mean, are they going to put that in the it film? Probably not because well, they just will probably leave it ambiguous. I hope so. Yeah. But I think, um, I just think, I just think that's what they've gone for. I just, I, I, now they've not established any rules. I think it's just going to be, look, it's supernatural deal with it. And that is what we're going to have to accept. I also think there's a really good point that you guys have made there about the fact that 
yes, this is based on Stephen King. This is, you know, a universe or a potential multiverse of Stephen King. We'll get on to what I do and don't believe later on. Um, but it isn't written by Stephen King. So what you're taking is two very well-established screenwriters or a number of well-established writers and producers and directors yeah. who are putting together their vision of this. And, and I think there is a combination of both let's tease the audience with some really weird shit and lots of lovely Easter eggs because we know they'll enjoy them mm. along with their actual plan for it. And I think it, partly that may have got itself muddled along the way. But, yeah. I think, mm-hmm. look, we, we can't fault the, the vision of the show is ambitious. It's an ambitious, sure. it's an ambitious project. Uh, visually, it's one of the best looking shows on television that I've seen. I think that just the way they've put it together is excellent. I think it's better than Westworld visually. And, you know, it's got a whole different aesthetic, you but I can, you can make a good case for it. I mean, and Westworld has a probably 10 times the budget that this show has. Oh, for sure. Uh, HBO, they, you know, HBO put on all their money in that basket. But, um, you know, the music's amazing. The tone is amazing. The color palette is amazing. Everything about the show is on an upper echelon. And up to a certain point, the writing was excellent as well. I mean, you get to the end of episode seven, the queen, um, Arguably my my favourite episode of television since the Leftovers season three finale, um, which I always bang on about. And if you haven't seen the Leftovers, please do go watch it. It will change your life. It's I'm un- only laughing because I haven't seen no, it yet. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So just watch it. But um, it ha- it was one of the most powerful episodes of television I've ever seen. You get to the end of episode seven, and I was like, the trajectory of the show is just you know it's it's going to be an A class situation. Uh, episode eight still pretty good. Posed more questions. Episode nine spanner in the works because they they went to the universe and then by the time you got to episode 10 there was just too many balls being juggled in the air mm. they can't answer everything they mm-hmm. didn't really answer anything like in that yeah, I mean, that's, no. and See, right, but, that's the, so oh, looking ahead. at the chat i just want to say yes. i think people are misconstruing at least my personal frustration i have almost zero frustration with the kids storyline i feel yeah. like that wrapped up in a way that was mostly okay for me yeah yeah. What I'm upset about not being resolved is all the other stuff. I think the central storyline wrapped up pretty damn okay. Like, I'm okay with the way the kid thing ended. Even if we don't yeah. know exactly what he is, we have a pretty clear picture of the idea of what he's meant to be at the end of it. Yeah. It's it's the other stuff that was mm-hmm. making me angry, because I think I actually cared about it a little bit more than mm. the kid by the end of it. That was mm. the fun stuff. Well, I think the the kid's storyline was quite easy to explain in a way, wasn't it? You know, it was one of three potential things. He was either the other Henry Diva, he was the devil, or he was something else. And right. we got an answer to that probably before the finale, really. Yeah. And But it is everything else that's more uh kind of open for debate or or perception and that that for me is what interested me more because they're smaller things there there's not the main storyline really but i get how that can also be frustrating yeah i think yeah let's see what's is that what's going on in the chat who's uh if we got any questions coming not questions yet there everyone's uh just everyone's uh, chatting they're they're talking to each other unbelievable it's way better than ours no the uh We've got new people. I've got Heather Elaine Stewart who said, I just think they botched the ambiguity by showing you that monster kid vision. How can you leave your audience guessing if you tell them which way to lean? That's sloppy writing. Mm. Well, on that, on, 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 on that sort of note, if we go back to the sort of we're the jury, it's a court case scenario. Mm -hmm. Um, 
which is definitely, I think, the way I'm looking at the the season as a whole. Um, if you look at it like that, they've presented evidence, the prosecution's presented evidence, the defence has presented evidence. Uh, it's it's a moral dilemma and situation. They're ask, if you, you know, it's like the film Inception. At the end of Inception, you know, I don't want to spoil Inception, spoil. you know, the ending is ambiguous and you are forced to make a decision what you believe is is to be true. There is a there is a power within that writing. Now, yeah, I also think it can be extremely lazy writing because they're like, well, we don't really have to think of a logical solution for this. But it, in some ways, not knowing the answer is more powerful than knowing the answer. Seeing the monster, it, like not the kid monster, but just in a horror film, seeing the monster is inherently ruins horror films. I mean, Jeepers Creepers is an unbelievable horror film until you get about to an hour in. <laughs> and it's just stupid. Yeah, you're true. So it, it depends, but yeah. But you can the the fact that they they did the will they or won't they with the kid, and I don't know if I said it on this show last week, but I know Hannah and I have discussed it before that I I was lucky and I got to see a a Kurt Vonnegut lecture once, and oh, wow. he he talked about you can graph literature by the y-axis is time and then the x-axis is what's happening with the main character is he up is he down so his his first example was cinderella her life sucks her sisters suck then all of a sudden she has a prince and it goes through the roof Mm. and then the other way would be uh, metamorphosis gregor samsa hates his life everything sucks and then he's a bug so you can now his example was Take Hamlet and every single thing through Hamlet, the line really never moves. Mm. And the thing that I found striking about this is if you take Henry and and Hannah and I talked about this a lot. If you take Henry from the beginning, he was all alone. His kid didn't live with him. Same way at the end. Mm. He went through all of these things and we were like, well, is Henry bad or is Henry good? We're not really sure. He kind of liked Pangborn, but then he kind of didn't like Pangborn. Mm. His experiences of everything were very, very static. Mm. And I loved the fact that they kept him that way because that kept us guessing because you can make a hell of a case for Henry being the villain, as it were, all the way up until the, the finale. So if the writers were that good to be able to do that, they didn't need to not, I guess, send us down rabbit holes about, you know, kangaroo courts full of kids and creepy masks and that kind of stuff. They could have given us that flavor, for lack of a better term, without winding us all up about it. Yeah. And, uh, just saying some of the stuff in, in the chat like i know i'm not i'm not moderating the chat today so that's you guys but i see yeah, John. No, you totally. <laughs> yeah, about you. yeah so i'm right so right about inception um but john then counters with and john is in the chat he's, fine. he's just here to annoy me i think um he's just trying to get to me uh, but he said inception's a film um and you know so it's only two hours long and this is this is a is a 10 hour you know experience so there's been a lot of filler basically that they could have there's loads of time to answer these questions i think at this point um Mm -hmm. which is a valid one an absolutely valid one um Mm -hmm. in terms of the amount of time they had 
Um, but it, it all just comes down to the fact that they, they gave themselves slightly too much to do. It, right. As I said, ambition. Yeah. Ambition was there. And I am, you know, I cannot fault ambition because you, you know, you, they, they succeeded on, on like eight out of 10 things. Where and, they fell down was just, just the execution. Of but certain- that's the piece. And, and actually, John, what you said, uh, Marquita Ringer in the chat actually enforces your, like reinforces your point because she says, I'm angriest that this is going to be an anthology. I was okay with the ending until I found out we might not have a chance to figure this out in season two. And that's okay. super valid because you're being left with things that we have, to reasonably assume we'll never get picked back up. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they, they just might never get addressed again. Can I pick up on one little bit that we were talking about there, which is about the, uh, and I can't remember who said it in the chat, but about the monster vision of the kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that for me seems to be something that everybody is really clinging onto as a definitive answer to what i'm not saying everyone here but in general a definitive answer as to what the kid is and that's how we end the series Mm. we just brought up about 15 minutes ago that how do we know that things like molly's house being broken into the sheepdog and all of that aren't people's minds rather than reality how do we know that that one flash is not just henry losing the fucking plot because wait am i allowed to swear yes of course you are um because (laughs) actually doesn't that I had to check. Yeah. It's like a PG just video wanna, cast. Just want to say, you never check during our... I love it. You never check during our podcast. You didn't say, oh, sorry, I'm lab- allowed to swear. But we're labelled as explicit. We are. So right, yeah. I know I can. Very explicit. Do we label us as explicit? Yeah, uh, we're wicked explicit. As a matter of fact, <laughs> oh, I'm porky okay, pigging right I now. I, have, I, I got I, no I, pants on. I have to say, the unedited version of our podcast, if, if it was ever allowed to see the light of day, which I would never let happen. God, no. Um, the language used by you, Emma, is disgusting at times. I'm not going to demonstrate <laughs> it here, but yeah, I have a foul mouth. Dirty yeah, and you guys have some uh, swear words that we don't really use commonly that I think oh, yeah? are funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, we do. Yeah, I bet we've got some. I mean, we ch- I cut a lot of them out, so you're hearing a nice, hopefully... Uh, you know, medium level of swearing, I'd say. But yes, yeah. um, you're, right, you're right about the kid and the vision of him being that monster. We Gareth said it in our podcast. Yeah, he can't I mean, be with us a, today. That's a three second, um, like image image that is being clung onto in certain circles and conversations. And I think you know we've probably at some point gone, well, that says everything individually. But that cannot give you all the answers because mm. you can't guarantee that it's true. Yeah, and. Right. Yeah, and where they were when that event happened as well is quite important because obviously they're they're in the woods. Uh, they followed the the schisma noise, the howling as you guys call it, and uh, you know, so where they are is in a very supernatural part of the town. You know, where things can happen, and you see different realities, and you see different possibilities. So uh, <laughs> I just thought of a bunch of house, high school kids going, yeah, come on. Where, where are we drinking tonight? Oh, out by the schisma. Out by the schisma. Yeah. <laughs> where are we going? Schisma. Some crazy stuff happens down there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that, yeah, piece, so- that piece, Emma, actually, the the kid monster face was one of the few things in that whole plot line that tracked for me. Because mm-hmm. afterwards, and maybe I'm just doing the the whole, you know, defending my terrible girlfriend who treats me poorly thing with this, mm-hmm. but the, the the scene in the woods when we learned that there were two worlds, everything, and, and you, you can prove that 
everything that the kid said could have been a complete lie about that other world, up to and including Henry having been kept in a cage there. Because Henry doesn't have his memories, so we have no corroboration either way. Because the only memories that Henry showed were before it happens and those brief memories in the cage. He doesn't remember the kid saving him or anything like that. And they're not memories, they're just flashes. Uh, Well, we we did see... There is a flash of, sorry, okay, I just want to, there is a flash of, uh, the kid saying no, like, as he turns the lights on in the basement. Yeah, we, we never saw that moment. Like, yeah. for real. Oh, it's when, it's when it cut to advert or cut to black when he lit, you know, when the fuses go out downstairs and he's got the screwdriver oh. and he goes, he goes, he goes, whoa, like that. That's that bit from the other side. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I might have to CSI it and see yeah, if it's yeah, the same. It wasn't basement. confirmed. No, I still, still argue that it's a different but, thing. Yeah. But my, Just to finish my last thing with that, I I took Molly as really seeing everything that was happening. And my final version of what I think the kid was and everything like that was the kid couldn't go back and forth unless somebody died. And all those scenes that we saw in the woods of the, you know, the girl cutting her wrist and all that other kind of stuff and everything like that was him time and time again getting somebody to die so that he could flip. And then the reason, and the reason that that I think this one is so different is Ruth said, well, this has never happened before. Yeah. And I think this is the first time anybody fucking caught him. Like, I think he's been flipping from time to time and fucking with people for 27 years and then going somewhere else. And I think this time Lacey caught him. Who told him to, who the hell knows? Why, why would you not, and, and this last piece, then I'll drop it because it makes me mad. So Hannah and I joked all season about how just weak Henry was. Like he just wasn't a strong dude and his, his very realistic, but agonizing fight with, with Gordon and his wife, you know, that looked most like what a real fight is like than anything I've ever seen. But, uh, so he's got a gun on the kid. The kid doesn't age. Why can you not kill him? Yeah, it's and just good. You, yeah. And if you can't, why didn't the kid just go, well, then go fuck yourself. I'm, you can't kill me, so I'm just going to stay here. So that piece. All right. <laughs> so you guys this is why my rage has subsided a bit because now I've interpreted this last episode as like, oh, they made the kid even more evil than we could have possibly imagined. Yeah. By my interpretation of the last episode, he's much more powerful, I think, than we're giving him credit for. And he seems to just be doing this for fucking funsies. He's some yeah. sort of eternal being that's super evil. That's just like, if he didn't want to be in that cage, I don't think he'd be there. And who's to say that when someone's not down there giving him a cheeseburger, that he's not just fucking wandering around Castle Rock doing whatever the hell, you know, Mm. he's enjoying this. And he told Henry at the end, like, you saw what happened to Lacey. It very well might happen to you, too. And there's the the little grin that he gives as the final part of the season. You know, yeah, I thought that was neat. Yeah, and idea- I don't some of the some of the chat is like he looked like an aged up old man. Go back and pause. That was way more monstrous than a very old person. The yellow eyes, the teeth, the earthworm skin. That was not an old man. Zombie vampire like. The producers said, and I don't like the stone. Yeah. 
I don't like to reference a lot of stuff the producers say because I want to punch them. But the showrunner said that was 300-year-old the kid. That's it. That was the term that they used. When so, did they, yeah, that's madness. Man, don't say that shit. Sorry, yeah, that's a lot of swearing. It doesn't, but necessarily, like, don't do that. it doesn't necessarily mean that he wasn't also a stone demon or whatever we want to call him. The But that was one of the things that they pointed out. Also, and I would recommend this, especially Emma, uh, the, the King Corner, the last Castle Rock, the official podcast, yeah. the showrunners... Oh, oh, yeah. Did you mm. you heard their last and it was shit. They, Not the podcast, but the, the their list. Corner. Emma yeah. was angry they did King Corner. I've just burst out laughing because on the chat John said, uh, I've seen some old people that look worse than that. You don't have <laughs> to talk huh? that way about me, John. That's messed up. <laughs> I don't think he was talking about you. Uh, He's just looked in the oh. mirror. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, another piece, and I don't want to lose it. Uh, Jackie Torrance pointed out because I was talking about, well, why couldn't you just shoot the kid? Jackie Torrance put out uh, pointed out rightly, you sure can stab him because yeah. Ruth stabbed him with a screwdriver and he bled. But just because you can stab him and he bleeds doesn't mean you can't kill him. So I think that the whole "you can't kill the kid" is more kind of telekinesis thing, if okay. you're going to believe that. But actually, so Amy H has just brought up something that I was about to say. So. You, she said there's a whole new theory on a Facebook page today that might relate to your theory, your theory, Acadia, that the kids are sprite that causes havoc and it's all based on Norse mythology. So uh, I was yeah. about to say, how much does this last incarnation of the kid make you think of Loki? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that theory bopping around on Reddit too right? about the kid being Loki yeah. for sure. I don't think we'll ever yeah. freaking know. I like it though. Yeah, I it's fun. Yeah. And then Ruth's Norse leanings yeah. have a purpose apart from just being characterization. Which exactly. Yeah. And it, it does actually link things a little bit better, doesn't it? Yeah. And we had an email in, uh, in the late, latest podcast that we did about the yes. Norse god situation and saying how many references there had been to Norse gods, obviously because of Ruth's love of Norse gods or her knowledge of them. He doesn't love a Norse well, god. Well, that's a very good point. But, um, <laughs> so, so it's a good, it, it is definitely a theme that was running throughout the whole season from the chess pieces to um, some other stories that I think Ruth was talking about early on in episode two. And there's just a theme there. So I could easily see that being a a feasible explanation for it. The only reason I don't love that theory, because in, in reality, I do love that theory is that it's, um, it's not King. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, yeah, King gods are Maturin and it and yeah, yeah. Guardians of the Beam and that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? And, and it means that but his system is completely different. There are no like Judeo-Christian stuff in place. No whatever things. It's all the Dark Tower. Could yeah. Pennywise um, beat Jesus in a fight? No, um, I don't know what Jesus' powers I, are. I'm like, I, don't know. I know what Pennywise's powers are. <laughs> I don't know either. Um, well, you like turn into people's gra- you know. Yeah. I, no, I don't <laughs> think he could beat Jesus in a fight. Unfor, you know, if we're gonna be, if you look at any crucifix, Jesus is ripped, so probably not. True He's that. in good nick. He was probably in good True nick. That. Yeah, he was probably in good nick. Yeah, definitely. Um, no, but yeah, I think should we move away from the kid storyline because I think I think mm-hmm. we've exhausted the kid. Uh, 
you know and poor thing i we've you know we've talked about him so much i know he's like the central story with henry but he's not henry is the main yeah well henry is the main character but the kid's also the main but what about let's talk about and anyone in the chat feel free to to join in on this because this will be really interesting and this is something that i'm going to prepare as well for our wrap-up podcast which is coming out uh the same time as usual uh in the week which i think is like thursday night um yeah maybe uh, even earlier maybe even earlier potentially see how that goes but um i'm gonna prepare and i want to prepare a list of unanswered questions because i think it'll be (laughs) hilarious so i want everyone to now and join in on the chat feel free to you know jump on this and say your the thing that you're angry that was not answered you know the, what made you the most angry that wasn't answered i'll start with you hannah well, you go first she has a big hogwarts style role of- i was one. gonna say len feel free to take our list of unanswered questions and add to it because we've been doing it for the Please. whole freaking thing Love that. yeah unbelievable um, so freaking waste of time. The great <laughs> no, it wasn't Hannah because we had a blast. And um, I hate. All to right, let's see. Have here. you got a scanner? Because you could scan those in and then send. Oh, them she made it out. into a word doc. We'll find it and, and oh, yeah, send, yeah, send yeah, it. I've got the whole thing. Uh, let's see okay. here. Um, I think this is the right one for unanswered questions. The last the round of unanswered questions. Literally, see, so you're such a woman after my own heart, Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> Love this. Organized, yeah. Organized, note taking. That has a flamingo on it. That oh, is excellent. Yeah. They're real cute. That cheered me up right about the end of the whole thing. Um, I mean, I really just like day show day in my mind. I really yeah. wanted that to be something with the cage in the backyard and the men's and child's boots at the back door and the yeah. hoarding and the piano. It just seemed so freaking interesting. What's his deal? But like specific to the story, and maybe not just like super broad like that. Um, because his the, scene didn't who was the birthday the family. Yeah, who was the birthday party family? Well, or was that just a Bizarro scene? I, well, I, I think. Yeah, and when? So we going back on what we said last week and, and in a previous podcast when that scene happened, we speculated that it was uh in the 1960s 50s maybe or was it 40s and it was no. I, and it was uh gordy was uh gordy because they called the kid called gordy it was gordy lachance as a kid and he had abusive uh parents i think if i remember correctly sure. so we thought but they also stuck a character named gordon in the show yeah i really hope it was so, i mean yeah. I mean, it would, yeah, it's an interesting Yeah, because one. otherwise that was pointless. Well, because, like, okay, hold with me here. It could, even though he said he never lived in Castle Rock, he could have murdered his, his entire family, then been adopted into another oh. state, forgotten about it because, you know. Castle Rock. Really, you no know, traumatizing memories and, you know, that wow. kind of thing. And then come back and be like, oh, I feel at home here and now I'm going to murder everyone. Yeah, so, and, you know. Legit theory. Legit theory on that. And don't, don't forget, you know, characters like in it don't you know they forget after a while Ooh. the incident mm-hmm. um it, it, you know and oh. you, do you know what i mean by that yeah. so so people like <laughs> gordy could have moved away and he will for you know because if you're touched by something supernatural like the kid or oh or you know it or something then you do forget after a while the events of what happened so um yeah. 
That I got to change my answer. I want to know what the green light was and the green glowing in Lacey's dead eyes and Tommy at Knock- other points. <laughs> Tommy Knockers. Yes. Tom- very interesting. Tommy Knockers never fully explored, but um, yeah, Jesus. I mean, there's a lot. Okay, so that's you. I said one, but you've gone for three. So that's good. My bad. No, you can. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the word document. I'm going to go to Acadia next. Acadia, uh, I know what yours is going to be already, I think. It, it, ah! it, it, it's probably to do with Mrs. Lacey, I believe, or something along those lines. I mean, oh, well, obviously fuming about that. I solved it myself on the sign oh, yeah. behind me. It's Mrs. Lacey was in a cage in my basement, suckers, oh. because love always wins. That's so why I think. Hey. I'm going to have to track your IP address and I'm going to have to send uh, the police over there no, to free Mrs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that to me was just baffling in every way. Not that I don't love to see her on screen and not that I am not glad she's getting work, but mm-hmm. that that really, really bugged me. And it was kind of one of those, we did a... Mel's Bells and I did a, an American horror story show on Friday night and we oh, were nice. talking about how that goes. And I said, sometimes American horror story is like when a five-year-old's telling a story and you're like, and there's this house where someone got murdered. And then there was a witch and then <laughs> Frankenstein came out of a tank. And, like then, that. and that's where I felt like some of this went because not just the mis- because you could explain it's like she just dipped as soon as her husband died but the paintings had no of the the painting and the painting with him in the shirt that kind of stuff Mm. there was no they didn't show henry painting any paintings Mm. you know what i mean so Mm. well jumper theory jumper theory everything that everything that ties into whatever the the Wendell and Henry who actually heard the schisma never mm. s- described it as God talking to them, no. but the Reverend and Lacey did, which means it had to have been something I think other than the schisma, and we don't know what it was. I think it's just the missing. I just think it's different people interpreting the same thing. Yeah. Like you know, the Reverend is a troubled man who a deeply troubled man, as we say, Mad Rev, it's and he he mania. and he was searching for purpose. Lacey was a man who. Anyone who seems to be a warden of Shawshank seems to have some inherent issues. Um, and he was a man who was also searching for purpose. I mean, the, when you're searching for something and then out of nowhere you hear what might be a very scientifically explained noise, like Odin Branch said, you will interpret that any way that you see fit to fit your narrative. That is what people who are searching for things do. So uh, I see that as them. Inter- that's what we're doing. That's what we're it's doing. That's what we're doing right now. <laughs> what yeah. we're doing. Exactly. Hey, just to, the, last, the, the last piece of that, Jackie Torrance, to go with the whole what the hell with the Lacey's, why did Lacey tell the kid to ask for Henry Deaver? Oh, so, yeah. Hey, Emily in the chat, parlez-vous Francais? I might be able to type some things to you if you want some clarification. She said oh. that her, but. Um, my husband's French Canadian, so I might be able to slightly help. Oh, nice! nice. Yeah, wow, look at us being all international, dual linguists, um, American mm. English, yeah, so, French Canadian. So your biggest thing then, just to recap, was uh, the fact that Lacey's wife never had an explanation. Now, when we did yeah. our pod- when we did our podcast um, towards the start of the season, 
we said that, and I had an interesting theory about um, Mrs. Lacey uh, that you'll quite like, Acadia, and I just remembered it now. So we talked about it in the pod. I think it was like episode two or something when we had an interaction yes. between her and Henry. Yes. And I was like, oh, it's, you know, it's an inter- she's an interesting character because she's blind, obviously, which mm-hmm. means she never saw the weird paintings of the kid and, and what Dale Lacey was up to necessarily. Um, but... I was like, how did she get blind? And then I was kind of like thinking maybe, you know, like the needful things store, you know, she, she, she purchased something from there that and her curse was, you know, that. So that was just an interesting theory I had about Mrs. Lacey. Um, I liked it. I, I remember. It. I, yeah, I do like that. Yeah. And I had I so like much that. hope back then um, that we were going to get a Mrs. Lacey bottle episode. I thought that was pretty much going to certainly happen. Right? Right. You get an, a- you get an actress of that caliber, exactly. like, especially yeah. after, after the queen, I was convinced episode eight was going to be Mrs. Lacey. And why the fuck did she lock the door and what happened with all that? Cause she had to have known more than she let on. I was utterly convinced we'd have that. Yeah, maybe you know, I I'll be amazed to know the uh, production ins and outs of this show. But you know, if she was, she maybe she was hired for something um, bigger, and maybe during production they never got round to it. Maybe something happened. Maybe some commitments uh, came up, and and she had to go and do something else because looking back at that second episode where Henry goes to visit the house, and you mentioned the the basement being locked and her confronting him, and she's such a fantastic actress. Um, it is extremely bizarre that we did not see more of her and i completely understand your uh anger that that is one of the things unanswered emma what and was her your... accent was on point her accent like, was it's the best accent i've ever heard point. i, I really like accent so <laughs> just have to say um emma what was your most uh you know annoyance my most burning question yeah. about the season well as in <clears> the <throat> thing that you were didn't get answered that you're fuming about um so there are a lot of things that niggle me um, but very John's not here. <laughs> he's in the chat. You <laughs> <laughs> wind um, you up, from John. The chat. I don't mean it. You're gonna have to put it, that in the glossary because we don't know what it means and it sounds dirty. Bother, what, no, bother. no bother. Yeah, thank you, Hannah. Yeah, he, he's just he's it's a wind- clear from context. Yeah, he's a wind up merchant, so he'll try and wind us up whenever um, he gets the opportunity. Uh, Got it. <laughs> um, but very much like what's going on in the chat and um, Hannah used to the same thing it's Desjardins so for me that is the big unanswered storyline I think from this series for a number of reasons one because it was bloody fascinating and what the what the hell is going on in that fucking house creepy isn't it very creepy love that yeah. um, but also because the Desjardins family line is mm. a big part of Castle Rock so there's got to be something there and well, that's yeah. my, my yeah. biggest burning question. And and I, I think anyone who's upset about, and you guys who are upset about the Desjardins thing, don't be disheartened by it because I'm pretty certain that they're sort of like yeah. a mainstay name in Castle Rock, right? So, mm-hmm. and in a sort of Stephen King um, universe. So don't be disheartened because I'm sure you might see more of them in future seasons because I'm sure these, you know, we might even focus on like, a, who knows, the next story next season could be a Desjardins focused. No, I don't want that. But it could be. It could be an element of their family that is, you know, in the past that could be experienced, you know, and you might get answers to that cage in the back garden and stuff there. I mean, it's very possible. I doubt it will happen because, uh, you know, and we'll talk about the end credit scene in a minute, but they might be leading us down a merry, merry chase with where we're, where they're going in season two. Mm. Um, what about you, Len? My most angry thing i mean it's a tricky one because they, they were just juggling so 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 much and and you guys covered such a good uh variety of them there i mean the desjardins thing 
me and John mentioned last week and agreed with you guys and and, and the Mrs. Lacey thing as well. Um, I like the ambiguity with the kids, so I'm happy with that. Don't need any answers. I like making my own mind up. Um, for me, I guess I my biggest disappointment, it's not... <laughs> It's not really a question. I just felt like someone like Molly, who's been built up all season, to have her exit stage left uh, five minutes before the culmination of the season and then just have her chilling in Florida. I was Mm -hmm. just like, I was just sitting there going, when that happened, first of all, when it went to one year later, I, I, I said this in the podcast, I was raging. I was very angry. Um, Is that like how angry John was it? 1991. Yeah, he gets angry at silly things, but this is a legitimate thing to be angry. Well, 19, no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, John, John knows why 19 is important now. Well, hold on, because I mentioned that the other week, and you're like, "Mm, easy. Yeah, Yeah. definitely is. Um, But no, I'm, I'm just annoyed about Molly. I'm annoyed because she was, you know, given a lot this season. She's got the shining. She's got some amazing abilities. She's intrinsically linked to the Henry storyline, and then the culmination of the story was, you know, Henry and the kid in the woods. Uh, and and as we said in the podcast, what's she doing? In, she's just in Florida, just chilling out. Yeah, fair enough. She gets out of the situation, but you've built this character up. She didn't really get a resolution. Like she didn't really no. any. She didn't get any peace. She doesn't. You know, she doesn't know really what's happened to Henry. She doesn't. You know, no. there's no resolution there. It's like emotionally, she must be still completely fucked up in a way. Because can I ask you guys a question about Molly? Yeah, like about, specifically yeah. about um that bit in Florida. So you know when she's hanging out with grandma, did you not feel like she was kind of sapping some kind of weird like energy out of her and like feeding off it like what? a junkie? She's not like a vampire. Anyone? Oh no. that, that was such a weird scene. I thought she was sitting next to like her old dead self or something because they yeah, were in the yeah. same pose yeah. and I was like, What is what? happening right now? Did you not notice the whole like, like <laughs> Len, can you look like you're dead for a moment? No, because I'm just reading John's message. It's made me absolutely crack Ignore up. John. He said, Len, Molly Molly is off to Leave join the rest of the cast of Charmed where she belongs. And I was like, Yes, that is <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> right, no, seriously, though, can you just like look like you're dead for a minute? I can't do that. Just like Peter Hedgeson. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so like dead grandma. And Molly's like also yeah. dead grandma, but a bit like she's chucking up drugs in her vein. And then she's like, all right, thanks, grandma. Same time next week. It was bizarre. I mean, so my biggest thing, yeah, Molly, bizarre, bizarre ending for her character. I feel like she's got no emotional resolution. Um, and, mm-hmm. and you know, just because she's in a different mm-hmm. place doesn't, you know, I know they talk about this place all the time this season, but come on. Yeah, but- you're taking those scars with you. She may at least have a steady supply of drugs now. Yeah. If she's well, yeah, Danielle said in the chat, yeah. actually, the shine will always call Molly back like it did Dick Halloran, who was also in Florida when what? Danny called him. And uh, said, pretty sure she's helping herself to her grandma's meds, which, yeah, good point. yes, mm. the you just made me more wound up than I was, actually, Len, because... Henry could have at any point, Henry said, no, you got to get away from the place. You got to get away from me. Because at at that point, he didn't know what was up. After he got the kids stuffed back down in the hell in a cell in a well, Mm. then he could have just said, hey, yeah, Molly, listen, uh, why don't you come back? Because you're my girlfriend and I put the devil in a hole and you (laughs) could actually help me every once in a while because fuck, I hate going there every day. So why did he not call her back? Just because he'd know, like, if he went, oh, that girl's hot, and she'd be like, oh, really? Because she could read his mind? You mistreated her. 
it is it is just it is just a weird resolution for that character and one that mm-hmm. hasn't gone down well with me in subsequent thoughts about the show especially considering she is arguably you know if if there was a supporting actor category it would be or supporting actress she would be it mm-hmm. she is yeah. essentially henry's emotional you know she uh, emotional ties as a character a cornerstone for him whatever you want to say and you know she killed the rev and all this bollocks so it just makes no sense to me so that's my biggest thing um and not that molly's my favorite character because she's not like you know she's not even my favorite character i just wanted yeah, her but she's been great yeah she's been great but she's yeah. just not my favorite character but i still was angry that she had no resolution more so than any of the henry stuff so it was a weird i'm kind of glad she didn't end up with henry though because he's well, now... like an emotional vampire yeah but that's what i was trying to you describe know? but true yeah. with a granny oh um, <laughs> yeah that too he yeah. just like used her whenever he needed someone to bounce his thoughts off of yeah or have sex with and then do you yeah. think they actually had sex question for uh, everyone including the chat yeah i think we're definitely meant to think so yes, no I one smoked so. a cigarette so that's true john's theory that's true cigarette. there was no cigarette smoking going on oh um, well which you know obviously lacy loved his cigarettes as john would say um john ruins my innocence and if i could sue across the pond i yeah. would because that had never this is why he gets, this. This is why he gets the disturbed man comments. <laughs> this is why. It oh, John, you are troubled. He is troubled. He is troubled. Oh my Very god! Troubled. Um, and sorry to anyone else who has to hear his uh, disgusting thoughts. I have to. As I said, I edit him down. He's actually much worse. What would be worse? Would it be that Lacey made the kid a sex slave? Yeah. Or Lacey was better? going solo, and that's what the bucket was for. He's going solo. Ew, Acadia, good guy. I'm just asking. We're don't supposed to be doing analysis. This is worse than John's one. So you, you, yeah, you've been down there for 27 years, and then you're going solo in front of him. It's I, a really I, good question, Acadia. Also, I've never said going solo in my life. What is, you well, know, well, what is this? I was trying to be, you know, Jeffy I didn't want to say, like, roughing up the suspect or something like that, you know. Roughing up the suspect. You call it over there. What? Uh, well, he calls it Hans Solo, <laughs> as he's just told us Well done, John. Um, no, a genuine question. Uh, Acadia, I think that it's more likely the latter um, going solo. Jesus, man. What former, is going on? Because I can't cope with the let's, idea of the former. Let's bring it back down to not discussing. PG-13? Yeah, PG-13 for a while. You yes, said I could swear. You can swear. Okay, I don't know what the rating system is in America. It'd be 15 here. We're taking it to a 15, which is probably your R-rated, probably. Um, if you say fuck, it goes up to R. Okay. Well, All right, yeah, fuck. It's R. It's R. Talk about anything All right, now. We're, rated, we're rated R now. It's, it's R-rated. Um, I so wanted to be R-rated. Was there, was there any questions? I mean, in the chat, guys, and let us know now if you have already. Let me get ready because yeah. here they come. Uh, I got to scroll up a little bit here. Let's yeah, see. Yeah, some of the, the annoyances, Acadia. Is that what we're looking for next? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the the stuff that's um that's stuff that's bugging people. Let's see. Yeah. Ugh. I'm sorry for this because there's a lot of um. Would have loved to see more about the Safeguard Castle Rock. Flo H said, "Would have loved to see more about the Safeguard Castle Rock squad formed by Lacey and Pangborn that was kind of hinted at with Alan reading yeah. the letter." Definitely. And and just talking about that for a minute, we said in the Castle Rock live podcast last week, um, we were hoping to see 
the characters of the Rev, Lacey and Odin Branch maybe interacting in a past flashback scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gizma cult that was referenced and we've been referencing for weeks now. Why didn't we get that? They obviously yeah. all knew each other um, yeah. to some extent and they were all interpreting the noise in different ways. Odin Branch even says that he met up with the Rev and they were close friends. So weird. Just weird yeah. that we didn't get that scene. That would yep. have been an excellent scene. It would have been an excellent scene and it would have given an amazing context to the schisma because as we said, yeah. everyone's interpreting it differently, but yet they were still meeting to pursue it. But they all right. had different theories and beliefs in what it was. So madness yeah. that they didn't. And it also it. would have given us some type of of reference point for why Pangborn took his word for it when he had the kid in the trunk. Yeah. Now, you know what I mean? That's that that was huge for me. Yeah, and Pangborn, we've said all throughout uh, the season in King Corner, we've said this, and we've tried to give context to him as a character. Um, because anyone coming to this show who hasn't read any Stephen King um, or, or isn't interested in the books and doesn't know of the character of Alan Pangborn would be right in thinking, why does he believe that, you know, this kid is the devil? Why does he not investigate? But for anyone who's like read the Stephen King stuff, M, um Thanks for returning. Uh, who, Sorry, I had who, to make yeah. a break of nature. Uh, we'll know that Alan Pangborn at this point is a weathered man who has battled very supernatural things. He's been through the fucking ringer. He's been through the ringer. So, so for him yes, to believe, yeah. So, so for him to believe that that's the devil, he's like, yep, yeah, I can believe that because I've actually fought the devil. You know, you know. Oh, yeah. So, you know, he he believes he's protected this town from supernatural things if someone's telling him something now in his old age or even back then in 1991 which was close to the events of needful things i think needful things was in 1991 yeah. um he yeah. he he was just like well yes actually i've seen 89. something yeah 89 was it so i think I've, in the book it was or it ended in like 90 or something yeah. like that it was published it's in 91 it's close so yeah. wait Lincoln gaunt uh came to castle rock in the year i was born there you go ah! No, no coincidence there. Um, so yeah, that's that's bang on that question anymore. Any, so, any... Um, I'm actually going to do a rundown because act- the 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 chat is just banging. So I want to make sure that that I pick out this stuff as it goes. Yeah, um, yeah. Heather Elaine Stewart, when we were talking about the Norse stuff, uh, we also had someone in the show named Odin, and he gets stabbed in the eye, and Odin yeah, yeah, was yeah. famously a one-eyed yeah. god. Lost his lost his eye to uh, to uh, the. What's his, what's his name? The tree got the, the all knowing tree thing, which was also in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. What do you mean the tree thing was in Lord of the no, Rings? No, the name of it is the same as Lord of the Rings. Um, isn't it Yggdrasil or something like that? Yggdrasil, Yggdrasil, Yggdrasil. What yeah. do you mean? It is, isn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah. see, not as so stupid as the look. I was just thinking about that, yeah. Yeah. checks out i think yeah damio um, said um they mentioned man jesus in the dark tower series which they in fact do that was a deep dig nice work um jackie torrent says who was in the death jardin box yep exactly yep we, we don't that, know we'll never know damio uh, said how would henry have overtaken the kid somehow and dragged him into the hell in a cell in a well which yay i'm glad that's becoming a thing um yeah. Um, how, how, I mean, let, let's think about this logically. Just stop on that question, I guess. How I've been thinking this say the kid is this manipulative thing uh, who can, at will, it seems, force people to go on a massacre and kill themselves and each other, because that's exactly what happened, unless it's just a ridiculous coincidence. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. 
they that's his power why doesn't he do that to henry why doesn't he does he need henry does he need his ability this toe dash ability the ability to go through uh the toe dash the sort of schisma portal to other dimensions does he need that do you know what I, mean? what I was kind of saying earlier he's eviler than we ever gave him credit for yeah this is a game it's all a big game <laughs> Yeah. It's all a big game. He's not just some guy caught in a wrong reality who's like smashing through the schisma. He is dead bad. Yeah, yes, he's, he's dead bad. powerful like and evil. Yeah. You know, we watched him cause an entire like 60 person massacre without even physically doing anything. He could do whatever he wanted. He's playing yeah. with people. I, yeah. I would agree. Until in the first cycle, maybe maybe that's his plan, but I still don't think he ever got caught before. And I think that if he could control people who can open the door, then he would have. And I don't think his shit works on people who can open the door. Right, because totally. I don't think Lacey killed himself because the kid thought him into killing himself. No. I, I, I totally think Lacey disagree. killed himself because he was a coward. Uh, well, he did touch. Yeah. Interestingly, there was that scene, though, and I know that the whole theme of touch has been running throughout the season and, and the kid he does touch him on the head or the face get off of me he does touch him and uh you know john's probably have a little chuckle to himself now but um he does touch him and he dies so i don't know red herring potentially but just a thought and hannah queen of the list had a list of people that had touched the kid and it was not consistent there was well, not so but that doesn't imply that that's wrong it implies that he can control it yes yeah, so. Yes, it implies that he chooses uh, his victim. Because right. he definitely killed the Nazi guy. He obviously yeah. did that on purpose. Yeah. Probably did something to Zaleski. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he definitely did, right? Even if yeah. it was just awakening something that was already in him, he yeah. definitely did something. And I think that actually it's a really good point when you're talking about um, you know, whether he can control it or not. Mm. I think he definitely can. But what I like most, Akadio, about what you were saying before is that this is the first time he has actually been caught. Yeah. He's clearly just gotten away with this for, you know, Decades, however long. Yeah, hundreds of years. And whether it means that he's been cycling through, yeah, whether he's been cycling through universes or timelines or whatever mm. it is, this is the first time he's genuinely been caught. I did hear an interesting theory, though, today um, that actually so the, the kid's kind of motivation or his point uh, was to bring Henry back to Castle Rock for a reason, which uh, I suppose opposes that idea because Henry is the one that caught him. So what do you think about that? It does all kid- seem to be by design. Henry being in Castle Rock and getting stuck there for various reasons seems to have been engineered by some intelligent power something mm. or one um, crimson king in it yeah. the crimson king you know guys yeah i'm gonna flip it i'm gonna flip the script on you guys because he, the, him just going and fucking with things is very flaggy but i had mentioned before and somebody yeah. had asked why did lacy say ask for henry deaver fact is is that lacy are was obviously getting information that other people didn't have right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe, so maybe he said bring Henry like- Deaver because you can't do to him what you do to everybody else. They can't. Yeah. They so then we've got yeah. the concept of like a big bad and a big good. And if yeah. the big yeah. good is the one who shows Lacey how to contain the kid in whatever this cage is, right. then the big good would also be the thing that influenced Lacey to say to yeah. trick this evil thing and- into getting Henry Deaver there. 
and sure. and we we okay. said we said all along um and we mentioned <laughs> it a couple of times here as well that the interpretation you know one person hearing something is something else to someone else mm. you know like like the rev mm-hmm. interpreted differently right the voice of god is not meant to be heard by or the schisma is not meant to be heard by human ears regular people's you know hearing whatever obviously can't interpret what is being said some things will get jumbled who is saying you know who is giving people these instructions we mentioned the crimson king for ages during the season and saying how you know like randall flag influencing events he uses people um to do his bidding he even in insomnia which is in a small town in maine is it in Derry? is it in Derry, maine it's Derry. yeah that's a dairy story it's a dairy story yep. uh he he uses uh characters there to do his bidding he always is operating things from behind the scene he's meddled in these small town affairs before um and as if you know interesting if the sort of supernatural you know element is in the woods around castle rock that 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 magical point the hell hellmouth, as you sort of said like buffy sort of referenced last week mm-hmm. um he will Love be manipulating event, events around there to do what he needs to do so you're right Lacey probably uh was told to imprison the kid uh, and maybe someone like the Crimson King told him that, you know, to get Henry back in, you know, to get back in town because he needs him there for some some reason that maybe will get investigated. Yeah. How amazing would it be if, you know, say the next season's a different story and season three and four are different stories, but then maybe season five, we revisit Henry's story again. That'd be weird, <laughs> wouldn't it? I mean, yeah. and, and, you know, that is an interesting thought. Like, you know, never say never, I guess. And Well, stuff- they, they set it up that they could you know, by saying it was an anthology. And honestly, I don't know what they would have done. You know, there's only so much of, of Bill Skarsgård walking around crookedly that you can take. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you can't spin that. I mean, for Hannah, you can. But for most, you I can't see. just have the, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's a he's a cool dude. But I think his his weirdness, they would have had to go somewhere else with it. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. the, yeah. Uh, the chat... Uh, there's some other there's a lot of questions here this might make us more mad as we go through yeah. it um, i just want to throw it out there that i'm majorly on the crimson king train especially now having started to read the dark tower series yeah, the crimson King's over yeah. and that's exactly what the kid does yeah because he wants I'm, to rule over the chaos yeah, yeah so, you're right but i would contend that the kid is much more flaggian, like more henchman like. He has power oh, where no, he no, goes. No, absolutely. Yeah. He's a he's an agent he, of Yeah, he's yeah, not he pulling the strings. Yeah, he's not the well, kid. No, no, no. Um and I, I want to say, I know we're sounding like we're trying to pick holes. I think the whole chat has been us trying to maybe say what we liked, but there's been a lot of and things make sense that, of it. and make sense of it. And there's been a lot of things that we're picking holes in. We still I just want to reiterate our stance on the show to anyone listening. We're not saying the show is bad because of this finale at all yeah, we no, still all all. really yeah, enjoyed the show we wouldn't spend as much time talking about it with you guys or talking about it in a podcast or messaging each other about it we absolutely love the show but it's mm-hmm. our job you know because essentially what we do is review things we have to review it fairly and we have to take the negatives with the positives you know we sing the praises of an episode like the queen which is bang on in my opinion one of the best episodes of television i've ever seen beautiful piece mm-hmm. of work because uh, should be submitted for a standalone award at the yeah. Emmys or whatever. Um, City SpaceX, excellent work. But you have to be able to be honest about it. We're not going to sit here and go, oh, it's amazing. It's just the best thing yeah, ever. We have to be critical. 
it's just the only way that you can make sense of some of this stuff. And, and, you know, nothing's infallible. No show is infallible. There, there is always points which can be improved on and it's important that we talk about them. So that's why we're not being negative. We're just going through some plot holes and it's fun to talk about them because they make yeah. people angry. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that there's probably millions of people that watch this show that never read anything by Stephen King and it, it didn't matter. They saw a mystery show with an ambiguous ending yeah. and they might've been mad because it, most of the stuff that we're pointing out, especially like Des Jardin and everything like that, we're saying we're mad because we wanted to see more of them. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not like yeah, there was yeah. a, you know, it's, it's nobody was mad. We're not bitching about, well, how come they never, you know, referred back to that TV show or the fact that Molly wanted to revitalize downtown Castle Rock. Like it doesn't, who gives a shit? You know what I mean? That just served as a way for the kid to have something to tell her like she succeeded that, you know what I mean? And uh, there's no way that the, 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 you guys from fan critical or Hannah, I just remember what was it like two weeks before the premiere? I just sent Hannah a DM and I mean, we knew each other, but it wasn't like we were fast friends or anything. And I said, how much do you like Stephen King on a scale from zero to want to do a podcast about Castle Rock with me? Yeah. And that's literally how the show started. And yeah. I mean, I would not trade this for the world and I would not trade everything that we've we've done and thought about and and. You know, from what was it the first episode, Hannah, where I read the whole Daniel, the devil and Daniel Webster because uh, Jenny Bean sent an email like it's it's a great ride. And nobody ever said, hey, do you want to do a podcast where we break down the Big Bang Theory? Because you wouldn't (laughs) No. Yes. A, oh God! The, the, yeah. These these sorts of shows lend themselves to the best type of speculation, the crazy type of speculation, the tin foil theories, which is something mm-hmm. that I thrive for. Uh, on our Westworld podcast, which John is actually the host of, um, I'm in charge of Theory Corner, which is uh, a riff on uh, King Corner, obviously. And I basically love uh, tin foil theories, and I love bringing tin foil theories. And uh, if we had time, we would also do a tin foil theory section in our podcast now but there's yeah. just no time because there's just so much to talk about with it oh, it would end so up, yeah. Would end so, up yeah, yeah i yeah, think i, I should think I... do oh go ahead hannah oh i was just gonna say i think i said in one of our episodes like this roller coaster ride has been awesome it's been the shit i just feel like mm-hmm. i slightly spilled my slushy on my lap at the end of the ride oh yeah. nice so nice yeah, yeah. you know that's that's about how it is i loved the show still yeah. super fun yeah, yep. I, I think so. How are those questions coming? Because I know they're probably back. Yep, I'm, back I'm, I am. I am ready. We'll cool. probably like do a speed round sort of thing. Heather Elaine Stewart. Why was Warden Lacey's head buried and dug up by the dog? Why was it not just laying out by the tree? It bugged her the entire season. Yeah. Why was Thank it? Thank you, Heather. Us how did, too. Yeah. How did it get out of the car? How well, did it get out of the car? You got anyone... sunroof or something? <clears throat> no, it came out the window. If you watched carefully enough. Oh, um, Jesus Christ! Did anyone listen to the Hulu official podcast on that particular scene? No, I did. No. I did. what what what? So yeah, the, did, there was the one from the episode, and then there was another one where they had Scott Glenn on. Oh, I didn't listen to that um, one. So it's really, I told you to listen to I that know, interview. I know, that's my favourite one. So the Scott Glenn interview is only about two and a half minutes, but he talks about the fact that he's part of the um like. Well, here we call it like the reserves, but like the volunteer, volunteer fire department, right? 
Uh, yeah, but I think voluntary sheriff's department. Yeah, 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 sheriff's volunteer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he talked about uh, an occasion where, <clears throat> uh, very sadly, um, there had been a, a car crash suicide of a young woman, and it took them three weeks to find the head, Jeez. which was really, really similar. I'm very sorry, guys, but very similar to the whole Dale Lacey thing. So maybe it's not that unusual if yeah. a car goes off a cliff to not find the head immediately. I don't know. Although I, I mean, would still like to know. If there's a rope around it, I guess. Yeah. 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 That's well, true. you know, let's not, you know, I think that's just a weird thing we're never going to get explained. And it's annoying. Yeah, add it to the list. I'm adding it to the list for next week. I'm, I'm down with that bit of the list. Next. Um, everybody, basically, there's a bunch of people with pitchforks and torches about the entire birthday party scene. You know, <laughs> what it meant, who did it, what happened. Like, everybody, Melissa and Damiao and, and, and uh, Heather, they, everyone's mad about that. Because it's not even really a question other than what the hell birthday party scene. Okay, so the birthday party scene, let's just look at it in isolation. It definitely, if it did happen in the 50s, and it definitely did happen in the 50s, by the way. 50s or 60s. Um, Yeah, it's in the the past. So he is seeing events from the past, and we know that he can do that. It adds more strings to the bow of the theory that, you know, he's been doing this for a long time. He's he's been in this town, around this area, around the Todash space in Schisma, terrorizing people and forcing them to do bad things for a long time it's another string to the bow that the kid is an evil manipulative creature that's so take it as that i would in my yeah. opinion and if he can mess I'm with done. timelines who's to say like okay. i mean he just bops around doing whatever the hell he wants 100 I mean, literally you could do anything you wanted if you were completely free to go to any timeline at any point whenever you like yeah right so is the issue maybe that he can jump between timelines but he can't leave this universe yeah maybe this is what i mean if you don't establish rules they can just say right. whatever they like which is annoying but that's the way we, that's the world we're living and, in and yeah. that's the piece that they didn't overtly say it but they by what they showed they proved that there are other wares because people were there and then they weren't. You know, Henry was not there and then he was. And they proved there are other whens because Ruth said stuff that she could not have known. So there's the stay within your wear but move through time, which Ruth could do. You know, the cycle of, all right, now I'm going to redo this and get another shot at it. And then the go then, there's other worlds than these which are, you know, either slightly or very different. Like the, this castle rock, all that happened when Gaunt was there, it said what? There was a fire at a uh, curiosity shop. Not the whole town burned down. You Mm. know, it's just that subtle difference stuff. But that also could have referred to um, Emporium Glorium, which should burn down, didn't it? Before Leland Gaunt. Yes. But it did say in the article, it Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. So maybe they... But they may have mixed them together. You and know what like I mean? the like only, that's... at least we have that connection to the people from Iowa in that Gaunt moved his shop to Iowa next, because mm, otherwise, yeah. freaking dead and breakfast people, they really get on my nerves. I, yeah, I was right? not into that. I'm into the dead and breakfast. I love that dead and breakfast. Thing, I am but... staying at that dead and breakfast. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. we're making one. It's going to be part of the King concept. Con. Is yeah. very fun. Cooking up. But hey, can I come and run it? I'd yeah. be great. I, I know everything 100%. about murder. Mm-hmm. There you go. She's obsessed. I gotta, I gotta get it out of my system that whoever the actress was that played Lilith, she has like a face that makes you want to strangle her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree with that. I just, 
something about her. I'm not trying to be a bitch. I'm not trying to be like judging people on their looks, but something about her face made me want to throttle her. Hey, that, that face that you make, it makes you wish that she actually didn't have a face has been getting her work consistently. So God love her. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm the one attracted to Bill Skarsgård and he is admittedly a weird looking dude. So I agree. Actually, uh, on the on the AHS show the other night, uh, Mel's pointed out, "Yay for progressiveness! We got Bill Skarsgård ass, but there was no female nudity throughout the entire show." Very good point. Oh, don't worry, there will be some sexual violence in like thirty seconds because that's what American Horror Story does. Oh no, I meant in in Castle Rock. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Oh, no, yeah, there yeah, was yeah. no female nudity. That's mm-hmm. true. Wait, not in this this no 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 there was so, none but no. none. None. Uh, Flow HS did Alan did Alan stay in contact with Lacey, or was the suicide letter the first time Alan has any awareness of the kid since seeing him in the trunk? Probably, I think that second one. I will go with the fact that they were they didn't actually get on in any way, shape, or form. I reckon Alan probably tried to actively avoid him after see, the, 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 letting the kid just you know he's trying to forget about that thing. He doesn't want to sit on that thing that he let that kid be captured and thrown in a cell. Um, so then that lends more weight to Pangborn's faith in Lacey because all he does is read the letter and goes to White Wine Warden and says, don't let that fucking kid out. Yeah, well, I think he hadn't thought about it till then and basing it on everything that he's seen and probably things that we don't even know about that he's seen in Castle Rock in the... Oh, he moved away, didn't he? But, you know, so he's still living with the memories of everything he's seen. He's, he's probably tried to forget the kid. That letter has obviously reminded him of the incident and Lacey's death obviously reminded him of the incident as well. Um, yeah. And then it's triggered him to say, look, I still believe after that letter and what Lacey's saying that this, this, this guy's the devil. So I also yeah. think Pangborn's just tired. Like yeah, he doesn't want tired. to be the town savior anymore. He no, just yeah. wants to like settle down with Ruth. He's like, yeah. I'm going to ignore this. I'm going to burn this letter. I'm going to move away. People need to stop calling me every time I'm a monster yeah. show. Freaking 86 years old. Scott yeah. Glenn is not 86. I apologize for saying no. that. But, yeah, but old Alan Pangborn, probably close to it. He's in good yeah. nick. Scott Glenn's in good nick. I'm a bit in love with Scott Glenn. Yeah, I'm in honest. love with Scott Glenn. And you know, he's just- same. Yay. He's awesome. He's awesome. Do you want a um a little tidbit about the woman who plays Gordon's wife? That's what I was doing now while oh, I was playing. Yep. So um she is from Columbia, just FYI, as in yeah. the District of Columbia, yeah. USA. Yeah. Um and she's probably most well known for spending four years in true blood oh, with another is. of the Scars Guards. Oh she is with uh, Eric. Oh Eric, uh, I mean True yeah. Blood a show with so much potential which just went awry. Oh, just, yeah. But um huh. Yeah, I, re- I remember her. I remember. I remember her. Yeah. She's uh, yeah. I mean, some other yeah. stuff that we don't need to mention, but that was probably her longest running. She was the waitress, wasn't she, Holly? Yeah, she was one yeah. of the waitresses. Holly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Waitress. Thing. yeah at, 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 at Sam's bar. So yeah. There you go. Yeah. Scarsgard link, slightly supernatural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Link. Yeah. My True Blood was another one of those five-year-old things, mm. and there's vampires, and then sex panthers for some reason. Yeah, that's true. There are. Were panthers, were panthers, werewolves. I stopped everything. watching after like season two. So did they happen after that? Because they sound fun. Yeah, wait till you get to season five. It just goes. There's a whole family of them. Yeah, there's like a, there is literally a whole family of like sex jaguars or something. I don't know. What really, like <laughs> actually feline. Um, I'm not yeah, sure. They, 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 yeah. back and forth. 
they turn into they turn into sex pat like the person turns into yeah. it's like a werewolf but they turn into jaguars and are they actually sex they turn into huh. like panthers they just turn into panthers but we're probably tacking on the sex bit but who knows yeah what are the animal people in the king universe called again oh, um, uh, the, the um can tie can yeah can't something. something like that it starts with a Can-toy. k Can-toy. and then there's like the okay there we go and then there's like the rat people um yeah and then yeah there's just these other things flying around. it's a lot in the stephen king stuff uh how's how's the questioning i'm getting well now they they started answering each other's questions and now they kind of on <laughs> on a uh a bit attacked. of a tangent. Who isn't attracted to Skarsgård, Marquita says, and that's a very answerable question. The answer is nobody, I think. Yeah, everybody. Who is attracted to Skarsgård? Yeah, who, no, she said who is not attracted to Skarsgård and I think yeah. the answer is nobody. The Skarsgård family have Oh, some- Emma, not Emma. They have some silly, silly genes going on where they all are pretty, you know, they're all in good nick and they're all good looking guys. Some they have so many that- kids. Yeah, oh. it's mad, and they're all actors. I've Mental. got to say, Bill is yeah. not my bag. Well, no, but who's the one who plays no, me neither, uh, Eric in True Blood? Alexander Skarsgård. He's in good nick, isn't he? Unbelievable. I mean, he, he was Tarzan too. Down, yeah. He was Tarzan. That's right. He was. Shame that film was awful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, ladies. I know you're all going to hate me for this, but Bill Skarsgård. Nah. Yeah, and Lucy, Lucy was nah. going to try and join us, but if she was here, she would be standing up for oh, Bill as well. Lucy is in the chat, so is I'm she? expecting something full cats going, you are fucking wrong. She's in the chat, is she? Yeah, she's been in the good. chat for a little while. Nice. She said hello. Sitting, watching. Yeah, yeah. yeah. waiting for her moment. Waiting for a moment to pounce. Um, That's a good question. Do you think, Jackie Torrance asked, do you think Pangborn saw the demon face of the kid when he looked in the trunk? Yes. Oh, I like that. Mm, yeah, I like that as well. And I like the idea, even though John didn't like the idea in the podcast, that Dale Lacey saw the same face when he saw him in the woods. Um, and that is the reason why he imprisoned him. Because one of the biggest questions unanswered yeah. is, why did Dale Lacey, we know he's in the woods all the time, because in episode two, they say um, the woods were his church, I think. Yep. Is the line. Um, so we know he went out to the woods a lot to think like the Rev did, probably meeting in the older Schisma cult, which we never got to see. Um, but he he must have seen something. He must have seen something that wasn't the kid, if you get what I mean. He must have seen that face or he must have seen an interpreter, you know, something yeah. to make. Because he's not just he's not just going to go, oh, I'm just going to lock him up. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like yeah. he had Although to see he something. is desperate for a purpose. That, yeah, exactly. Well, true, but he let, built. Let me stand at the door. He built the cage, and then, I mean, he could have just walked into town and, and grabbed that dingus that was carrying the bird around when he was a kid and stuffed him in the cage. Like, he had to have known which person to put in the cage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, all rural, economically disadvantaged towns, Castle Rock seems to have no problem with, like, acquiring drugs of various types. So I can't <clears throat> I come from a small English village where things like heroin you could literally pick up from your neighbour. You I never about? have. No, no joke. What like, are you on about? What village? Oh no, yeah, Not my neighbour. My neighbour definitely what? sells weed. Like you could get heroin, like, weed, cocaine, slightly different heroin, levels. Weed, unbelievable. Well, tiny village down the road for the here in North yeah. Carolina. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Well, yep. Yeah, so Dale Lacey. Definitely saw the kid, and Alan saw the kid weird face as well. The weird demon zombie face. Let's go with that. Yeah. So then I have a question for you guys and everybody in the chat. Go on. 
I'm intri- I'm intrigued. How long? Or I'll put it this way: Did Henry actually flip? And if so, how long was he there? Oh. So did Henry actually go to the other dimension, universe, or whatever? Right. And and so he was. I think he was there for um, twenty-seven years. I think it's an exact parallel. Okay, you so think the kid was telling the truth? No. What well, do I believe he's telling the truth? No. But right. I mean, in his version of events, I mean, I I think something. Look, I do think. Actually, I don't think he's telling the truth. I'm thinking about it as I talk. No, I, I think he made it all up. And that will annoy some people because rightly said, I think it was John and Gaz said it in the podcast, that what a waste of an hour of television because none of it has any relevance really. No, other, than, other than being an informative story for our characters to hear, um, it is a waste of an hour. And I can see that. So one of the things that I said in the finale review podcast for Fan Critical, or Castle Rock Critical, sorry, um, a few <laughs> days ago was that um, I'd spent some time thinking about dangerous go on what i believe and what i don't believe (laughs) but i'm still voting it five blueberries and what i one of the things i don't believe is that episode nine the the kid story is truth in any way i think Mm. and and we talked about this about like the rev deves is um talk about the devil and he was there to give me what I wanted, when I needed it, Leland Gaunt, needful things. That whole story that the kids spun to Molly was what she wanted to hear. She's yeah. a councilwoman. She's yeah. rebuilt the town. She's she, like, you she's, know, you know she had, big lady in Castle Rock. What was I like? Oh, happy, happier. You were but, also dead. So, However, I disagree that that is a waste of an hour of television. I think that's an incredibly important part of the season. Probably could have been half an episode. Maybe so it's a waste it's of 30 so hard. To, I just don't know how to, yeah, I just don't know how else they would yeah. have done it. Yeah, but, the, uh, but I don't believe it. Uh, the I, only I thing that the kid said that I couldn't like justify him as borrowing from someone else's story or knowing what someone yeah. wanted to hear yeah. was the story of the reverend as a baby. Mm-hmm. That was like the only thing that I couldn't explain away with like, oh, that's actually just Lacey's story. Oh, that's some of the kid's own story being imprisoned this yeah. way or yeah. Yeah, Zaleski but that's or whatever. Also, but that's also completely but, unverifiable. Oh, yeah. yeah no, no, no. I'm so not. I'm just saying bullshit. that's the only thing that in my mind personally I couldn't be like where did I know where he got that from? You know what I mean? I'll tell you what I think. Go on. I think that he never flipped. I think that his memories he he has amnesia, but I think that his memories of being in the cage and whatever like that are incomplete or outright wrong because I think he was in the box at Desk Jardins for mm. two reasons. Number one, he did say, you know, you don't have frostbite. You've been gone for 12 days. Yeah. And number two, Desk Jardins said for no reason whatsoever, I never touched you. Here's a theory. So Henry was uh, imprisoned by Desjardins mm-hmm. or uh, in that cage in a untoward manner for 11 days. God. Um, and everything else is a figment of Henry's imagination. I mean, that's the thing. Again. He's picked on the kid coming out of this cage. And, you know, maybe maybe there's a reason Lacey gave him the name. Um, or maybe the kid never existed. Maybe this whole thing is just a figment of Henry's imagination. What, Henry's just mad. Hey, look, this is the thing. We can all, we, we, that's a tinfoil. Emma, I told you to save tinfoil for the tinfoil section. Jesus. I'm not in the podcast next week, so no, I've got to use it now. You're booted. Um, I've booted no, but actually, it, genuinely, what if, like, 
what if the kid is a real person mm. and there are some reasons why this and the other has happened, but everything mm. that Henry has experienced is bullshit. Yeah, maybe. I, I think that's a not, and that's why Deja Dam's in it. That's why there's so many other things that, you know, uh, you know, Henry did it. Maybe Henry did just push his dad off a cliff, and that well, was he did not, do that. Well, he we did, know. He did well, do that. But no, you that's can't, his memory. That's you his memory. can't guarantee that because is it? You do are, you know that's real? If we, we don't. If we start, this is the pro- this is a problem with Westworld, and this is a problem with some shows. Lost and lost. You you can't trick the viewer like that. That's cheating. But that is cheating. Yeah, but that's cheating as showrunners. It, that but they have. You've got to take yeah, some You've got to take certain things as factual. Factual. Henry did push the rev off the cliff. That's the one piece of fact that I'm taking yeah. from everything. That is a fact. So we have to take that as fact. And and I I would I support you wholeheartedly on that because not only did we know that Henry remembered pushing him off the cliff, but we also know that he fell off a goddamn cliff because it was referenced separately. Yeah. That's why bandage priest. No one else saw that but Molly. You, yeah. you know what I mean? The the dog, nobody else saw that but Lacey. There are certain things that you could say are isolated to, you know, maybe the, the town makes people bananas, but mm. having corroboration matters, I think. So I agree with you, Len. Mm. Yeah. yeah one, of my, one of my last notes on <laughs> episode nine was something has to be true. What is it? I mean, yeah. that's just kind of the rules. Somebody's narration has to be correct. Right, something yeah. has to be real. It's just Someone like has to be reliable. Yeah, you have, you have so, to have some grounding. You have to. You can't otherwise. It's just it just becomes ridiculous. Right. So drawing a film comparison again, I think sort of what they wanted us to do. Has everybody seen Pan's Labyrinth? Yeah, I love it. Brilliant film. And what they did at the end was to sort of make you want to: was this a fairy tale or did this really happen? Exactly. Kind of thing. Yeah, that was done well. Because there was some stuff that we knew was real, for sure, because it's happening around whatever. But here, it's like you could almost make anything seem untrue. And then I forget who in my life I was talking to that was like, well, maybe it's all just Jackie's book. And then I blacked oh, out, out of so sheer rage. No, that, that, no, that, theory, no, no. that theory has no. been... Um, it, has been has well, been it would make me super angry. Yes, that that theory is one that has 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 been thrown up, which is uh, the the Jackie. Um, that it's all her story, and and whilst we're on the yeah. subject of Jackie, uh, and then we'll, I guess we'll come to some more questions. Um, but whilst we're on the subject of Jackie, should we talk about that post credit scene because it's been it's been extremely divisive, yeah. and I think it's something we haven't touched on yet. Um, yes. We were split sort of in the podcast uh, on our end about uh, its relevance, its importance, how disappointing it was potentially. Um, what were your guys' thoughts on it? Did you feel like it was just tacked on at the end as a little sort of oh, like bonus, but a sort of cheesy bonus? Yeah. So from the beginning, as soon as they said Jackie Torrance, I said, "What did I say, Acadia? This is not cute." Oh, yeah, you hated yeah. you hated her. You hated yeah. her. I'm like, if this is a recall to The Shining, and it's just like some goofy thing, I'm like, this isn't a cute way to do this. I don't like this. I think it's cheesy. And I think her character has been a lot of that way throughout the whole story. She's like a comedic relief kind of deal. Like, yeah. huh, I smoke pot. I want to be a writer like my murderous uncle. I shop at Hot Topic, you know? Mm. And then that end scene totally fit with that whole thing for me, and I still don't like Diane. 
Yeah, I mean, she's a she's a great she's a great. <laughs> she refused to call her Jackie. She kept calling her. She kept calling her Diane. She, she insisted on calling her Diane. That free will. Quit being an edge lord, Diane. Your um, name isn't I, Jackie. I, I, you know? I think Diane. Jay, Jay, it's Jane Levy, isn't it? The actress. She's she's yes. awesome, right? And she. Yeah, the, she's awesome. The episode yes. where the episode where she shined um, was sure. uh, the Dead and Breakfast episode. Um, that's what I wanted more of her. In that sort, you know, she was she was utilized in that episode. Um, and look, I don't think, and I know they misused uh, Mrs. Lacey, and she's a great actress as well, and they just didn't show her again. And the the sister of Molly is the one of the main actresses in Fargo season one. She's unbelievable in that. So they are not adverse to sort of having big names and not using them. They're but, not averse to fucking with us with big name actors. Yeah, that's fine. But that I have a feeling and. Uh, ask you guys in this chat now and the guys over there um do you think season two will be um the overlook no. uh you know jackie's uh adventure to overlook which isn't too far away i mean it's, it's it's a strong theory it's been talked about in the official podcast it's there's rumblings about production that say it might be possible it might be a thing what are your thoughts well on- it's been fun you guys if that is indeed <laughs> season two Happy travels. Uh, Um, Go on. I don't. There's been too much of. I mean, The Shining is arguably one of his best known properties, and it's been done so many ways and so many times. I think it would be a waste to continue to harp on it, so to speak. Yeah, it's been done, and it's been done well. And I'll. Number one, as far as my my thoughts on having that scene in there, I think that I think all that it was for was to remind people that things are going to go on. I definitely do. I still think that some of the characters in Castle Rock are going to remain your Jackie's. I mean, sorry, Diane. I mean, high school, Hannah. Yeah. Um, Jackie. Um, I think that some of them will remain, even if they don't remember their other selves. But I think that, that, they went out of their way so far out of their way to make sure that everybody knew they were referencing the movie and not the book of the shining. Yes. Like the, the, the acts, the going backwards in the footprints, which, you know, I just thought was lovely. I think that they went that way because, and, and this is just my opinion. I actually believe that the shining is on the only real novel Stephen King ever wrote. Everything else is a story. Mm. Ashley, Katie, you're spot on. And The Shining was one of the probably most recent novels of Stephen King that I read, having not read Stephen King for a long time. And it mm-hmm. blew me away. Absolutely blew me away. I'd forgotten how amazing it is because you yeah. just think about the film. The novel is yeah. incredible. It's um, like, have it's you guys, like um, day because it's what? the only have one. Have you guys that's... read Revival? Not no. Yet. No. Okay, well that's a, that's like one of the he may have done like super well again. I was surprised Ooh, because okay. like his recent stuff, like from a Buick eight makes me want to beat my head against a brick wall. But I've yeah. not touched any of the recent stuff I have But to I gotta say. say, even Doctor Sleep, which is the already existing sequel to The Shining, so we don't mm-hmm. need a Jackie yeah. Torrance, um, is also right. very good. I I think it's great. Yeah, it's, I think it's, it's a really good story. And that, and yeah. you're right. And, but you just said it, Emma. It's a pretty good story. 
he is a he called what a master yeah. storyteller Stephen King. Nobody yeah. ever calls him a master novelist. The Shining's the only thing he ever wrote that had more than one thing going on at once. But I don't think and, that Stephen King is a novelist. I think he is right. a storyteller. But he could have gone. It's like Burt Reynolds died recently, and this is going to mm-hmm. make sense. I swear, Burt Reynolds died <laughs> recently. It, I know just, Burt Reynolds died recently, and Burt he Reynolds said died? in interviews. Yeah. Oh, I totally missed oh. that. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. It's sad, isn't it? Um, I, he, I didn't. I didn't know he died. He had done interviews where he said after he did Deliverance, and his performance in Deliverance, uh, Deliverance is amazing. Yeah. But he said outright, he's like, I could have gone one of two ways. I could have done a bunch of serious roles. Or I could have done what I did, which was dick around with Dom DeLuise and make a bunch of fun movies that a lot of people like to watch, but they weren't quote unquote serious. That's why he was so heartbroken and crushed about Boogie Nights because Boogie Nights was him reminding everybody, you know, I'm not just the fucking bandit. I can act because he had forgotten. And he said after that, Oh, I forgot that I'm good at this. I think the shining was. Stephen King's deliverance and he could have gone one way or the other. I don't think he regrets his choice like Reynolds did, but I think he could have actually been a novelist after The Shining, but instead he was like, oh, you know what would be neat if I told a story about this. But I think The Shining is an incredible novel, but Stephen King is a better storyteller. And I think there is a place for both. And I love, I mean, I have a degree in English. I spent three years speed reading novels. Me too! Yeah, me too! Yes, no way. Oh, I don't have a degree in English. Oh, oh. piss off, Edison. Well, you know what? It backfired on us, Len, because as it turned out, everybody already spoke it, so it didn't help us at all. No, there you go. Yeah, but who knows anything about 18th century pornographic literature? Because that's what I wrote my dissertation on. Weird. Just nice. Weird. Sick. Nice. Yeah. Um, nice, guys. Um, no, but I mean, no joke. I think that there is a difference between being a novelist and being a storyteller. And being a storyteller is more important in its own way in that it's more accessible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's yeah. the thing. Like, you can read a novel. Like, if you've ever, ever read any uh, Salmon Rushdie, which is the. Yeah. I mean, your oh. face, Hannah, tells everything there. Incredible piece of work. However, not accessible, right? Uh, nope. Yeah, and so much think- the better if you can be a brilliant novelist and a brilliant storyteller at the same time. You know, story. Should we bring it on to hopes for season two? Because I think that'd be a fun thing to get everyone talking yeah, about. I think that and, would be a nice and, way to play us off. Yeah, I think. All right. we'll spend a good 20, 25 minutes talking about that, or we could spend hours talking about it probably. But we've got about <laughs> we've got about another twenty five minutes here. So so let's let's do that. So anyone in the chat right now is your time to put any questions or what hopes and you know fears you might have for season two so things that you would like to see happen uh maybe where you see the story what it's centering on i mean what do you think guys over there like we know it's an anthology season we know it's going to be a form of of a completely different story with new characters and the only thing that's consistent is is the uh is the town essentially is what they've always said unless they change their mind and move to the overlook which we hope doesn't happen um mm-hmm. what are your hopes what are your hopes it is in their world though it's not my world yeah okay um, but what are your hopes for season two <laughs> hannah uh i got three words for you len uh monsters 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 mm-hmm. yeah boy 
I want a creature. I want, you know, like this human tragedy. People are the real monster thing. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Give me a real monster. Yep. So I need some eldritch horror in my life. You you want basically more horrific elements in there then. What about a bit of uh, Wendell the Wendigo? When, yeah, the Wendigo. <laughs> the, the, Wend, the Wendigo theory, uh, for anyone listening, is is something that was touted a while. A lot of our listeners, um, a couple of our listeners, sent us in theories about the Wendigo. Hey, it makes sense. The Wendigo theory. So watch oh, that space. Wendell's just a great name. Yeah, sorry, and Wendell, Emma. Wendell is the Wendigo. Wendigos yes. are my absolute favorite horror creature. I mean, I know there's some level of cultural sensitivity that needs to be considered when doing it, but like Algernon Blackwood's The Wendigo was like yes. one yes. of my OG favorites. I love the concept of the Wendigo. I think it's a yeah. brilliant monster. So yeah, much it, the better that it's born from actual folklore. So uh, um, would love got- a Wendigo. Uh, we've got some people in the chat saying Jackie Torrance says hopes for season two. Ironic that Jackie is saying she doesn't want it to be uh, another version of Shining. You I know, agree, so though. She's no. correct. She is bang on well, there. Well, Diane. Well, oh, my God. Yeah. John said killer cars. Shut up, John. No. John said a killer car, but it's an Uber. No, John. It, no, that's just murder. No. This is, assault. We this, don't like that. This is why we don't let John write or do any notes for the podcast. Because, yeah. He never does He says, "Imagine." Imagine, yeah, exactly. Imagine all the people murdered by Uber. Exactly. Um, I, yeah. I take it back. I love Uber, and John has shares in Uber. He literally so gets an Uber fine. every day. It's mental. Um, uh, There's no Uber where I live. That's madness. How do? How do also, there well, is, but it's a dude in a wagon. <laughs> um, Acadia, what's your uh, biggest hope uh, for season two or fear? You choose. My my biggest hope is that they tell us what they need to do now that they've been renewed is that they need to establish because this is this is not buffy no this is x-files yeah they need to establish a mythology and the next season does not necessarily have to be about the schisma or anything like that but it needs to remember that there's something Whatever was talking to Lacey or whatever was pulling the strings behind behind the scenes, we have to be reminded that it's there. Other than that, I just want them to tell a really good story and throw in some things that are familiar and mix them with things that aren't. Because I think they did that part really well. Yeah. But I think that if this series does not end up with someone saying, you know, we've got to go to Midworld or at some point down the road, and I won't say any of the names because I don't want to spoil it, someday I want Castle Rock to come across somebody with a name that anyone that's read the Dark Tower series is familiar with. That is the only vehicle I see for them to realistically bring the Dark Tower back in a a realistic way. So that's that's what I'd like to see. Yeah. Uh, Have you guys ever noticed that with the Dark Tower, a lot of the protagonists slash good characters or important characters' last names start with D? No, because yeah. I haven't started reading well, it Emma's yet. not read it, but yeah. I'm yeah. reading the talisman. Yeah. So okay. now we've got Deaver and we've got Deshane. And we've got, yeah. uh, who was the artist kid? His last name also oh, started with D. Oh, God. Danville. 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 Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'm like, maybe Henry will come back later in some well, way. Yeah, um, your hope. Now, do you know what, Len? You go first. I'll go first. Uh, so I want more horror. So basically, yeah. I think I think at times this season they used it well, but I think 
it wasn't used enough. I want some more, you know, scary moments in it. I understand why they don't necessarily do it because it might turn off quite a large uh, portion of the audience. People who don't enjoy, you know, scary things. I love scary yeah. things. I love, I love horror films. It's a horror show. It's a horror show. It's a horror show. It needs, it needs to just ramp it up a little bit there. I want consistency. So I want, uh, the Crimson King and I, and I want the Easter eggs to still be as they are because, mm-hmm. uh, one, if they don't have the Easter eggs, King Corner is going to be destroyed as a segment. Dead and that, dead as that'll be disastrous, firstly. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I think they used Easter eggs really well. I think they didn't overtly, you know, they didn't shove them in our face. If you didn't read Stephen King, they, they, they weren't necessarily there. There were a couple that were on the nose. Um, you know, the axe stuff and shining, walking backwards in the step stuff. I mean, that's fine. It wasn't like, you know, it didn't, it didn't ever get in the way. I just want them to continue that. And keep these mentions of the Crimson King going. Keep them going so that I'm validated in five seasons' time. We're back here in five seasons' time talking to everyone, going, we called it back in season one. Uh, they had a plan, and that's what I'm, I'm hoping for. Yeah. And that's and, – and Damiao said – actually, John, John had a very realistic, you know, from the TV standpoint – idea that it's yeah. going to be about the adventures of young Pangborn, yeah. you know, after, you know, when he couldn't be with Ruth, but before, yeah, before uh, he left, but before needful things, but then you get into, well, Ruth Bannerman was the, yeah, mm-hmm. Bannerman. Yeah. Bannerman was the, the sheriff before that. So yeah. how much are you going to change it? Um, but then also this, the, the thing that I had said about, I think it's going to end up with the tower. Damiao said the thing that actually covers everything in the Stephen King universe, all things serve the beam. And that is, mm. that is hammered on in the books that mm. all things serve the beam. It's cop yeah. is fate. Yeah. These things are going to happen. And I think that, that, they need to honor that piece of it because I believe, I sincerely believe that I, that King wants his legacy to be that people write King stories like an August Derleth wrote Cthulhu stories. Yeah. He wants to be hmm. our Lovecraft that yeah. people can pick it up later. You know? Yeah. Later. later yeah. I, I think that's a good, that's a good shout. Um, but young Pangborn. Well, that's racist than Lovecraft. So we're on our way. A little, but he's getting there. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, up, I'm up for a young Pangborn uh, TV show. I'm just, I'd, any, I'd want to see Scott Glenn again, but obviously, if he's young Pangborn, we're not going to get that. But um, right. you know, young, I like Pangborn as a character. He's, he was my favorite character this season. Um, so the, that's maybe why the last three episodes, well, didn't, didn't, last two episodes or three episodes, didn't do so well for me because he was. Maybe Scott Glenn can be the Jessica Lang of you know AHS Jessica Lang, and then oh, Scott God. Glenn can be the. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, could you the imagine? The old brilliant amazing. actor on uh, Castle Rock. Yeah. He'll just be somebody else. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Um, but M, what's, I agree. Yeah, he's, unbe- he's unbelievable. He's incredible. Um, M, what's your hope for season two? Obviously, from a <clears throat> Stephen King perspective, I'm sure you want King Corner to still be alive. <sighs> well, you fuckers have already spoiled it. So basically, I, I agree with John in what he said in the chat and what Katie just brought up is that I want old school Castle Rock. I want young lost Alan Pankborn thrown into fucking chaos mm. in a fight with the devil but he has no idea he's there and I, w- I want to see how he fell in love with Ruth when the, the Alan I know 
we're on first name terms. Yeah. Leanne and I know is in love with Polly and you know, that's how he escapes from Castle Rock and he's an incredible man. And I want to see, we've seen 2018 Castle Rock, 1991. I want to see late 80s. I want to see Alan turn up, take the sheriff's position mm. and show us what Castle Rock was like. About say twenty years ago, no, thirty years ago. Yeah. So before Needful Things, after yeah, yeah, after the dark half. I mean, uh, yes. after um, Bannerman Dead dies in Cujo, and before yeah. yeah. So Dead Zone, Cujo. Like that's, that's what I want. Yeah. Great opportunity for some monster of the day episodes. Like, what kind yeah. of shit does Young Pangborn get into? I support. Yeah. It. I'm on board. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're, you're dead there, like Hannah, on, on one of the reasons because you get some monsters in that time, right? So, Cujo, you've yeah. got some fucking creepy stuff that happens. Rapid dog, yeah. But uh, also, vampires just down the road. Yeah. Uh-huh. But also, I've got to say, young Panborn. He's a good looking, he's good, good looking guy. Kind of hot. Yeah. They get oh, that, that actor. He, yeah, no, but yeah. they'd have to recast a, him. Uh, what? They'd recast him. Fuck off. No, we're having that. They definitely would. They'd get someone. But he, he was beautiful to. Look at his style of acting to me. That was like an alien pretending to be a person. He'll let I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hannah dug him, and then I then I wrecked it by saying that he was a discount uh, Patrick Wilson, and she was like, "What?" Well, oh. I laughed so much when you said that. But they could keep him and just dub him with someone else's words. Yeah, <laughs> she could do the physical. Show you just getting out of hand. Do you remember when that that used to happen in soap operas where you'd have someone really pretty who literally couldn't make words? I don't watch soap operas, but no, no I mean talking like seventies and eighties, oh, yeah. and they dubbed the yeah. ones who could actually talk yeah. Queen's English or real American, and <laughs> you know the pretty person would mouth it, and then the dub would go over the top. We, you know, we we technologically advanced. We yeah. could do that. It could work, or like yeah. in My Fair Lady, where uh, Audrey Hepburn yeah. can't <laughs> sing for shit. But they still had her mouth all the words. It was beautiful. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. So that's your, your hope is young Pangborn. My hope is uh, young Pangborn, no shirt. No shirt, young Pangborn. There you go. Uh, no, I, my hope is old school Castle Rock. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and you know, be fun. They, re- yeah. they really set their stall out. And I said this when uh, they announced it, it's going to be anthology season. The fact they've set it in present day or even ahead of present day um, slightly. Um, means they can only go backwards so you know they can't it's gonna be weird if they set a show like 10 years in the future or something because it just i don't know it just feels that'd feel weird to me so they can only really go backwards or sideways now that they've yeah, got they can go anywhere they want i think yep. i think they have to go back or forward i don't think they can go sideways oh if they yeah i hope they don't go sideways if they go sideways they... it might end up like john with the walking dead with me but we do have the cues and that's one of the things that i think they did that was really smart was that they, they, they outright told us and they did it from needful things. Cause one of the things Hannah and I, we thought were, we have to figure out whether that needful things happened in this castle rock or not, because the whole town burning down seems like it would be significant. So they gave us touchstones that they're going to be able to refer to. You know what I mean? So it's, it's like dog universe, cat universe. They're going to tell us, you know, well, maybe there wasn't a Castle Rock Strangler in this one. Maybe it was a Bangor Strangler. So they'll be able to to oh, that's interesting. set the table with that. And the chat has some really oh. good ideas. We've got so got... 12 minutes of chat so, by yeah. having our own, God forbid. Uh, Damiao says, since there was an almost complete absence of kids in season one, except in Lord of the Flies Court and Cages, 
season two will focus on a kid, an extremely self-aware kid, and Alan helps him or her. And that is a theme, you know, you're reading yeah, about Jack right now, Emma. No, I mean that. Yeah. There's always the kid that's essentially an adult in the right. Stephen King novel. So, um, yeah. preternaturally, a- precocious, intelligent kid. Does the name Otis mean anything to you yet? Otis? Yeah. Oh, not that far yet, I don't think. Keep reading. Keep reading. All right. So then um, (laughs) that's just, uh, I just gave you a little tease. Horace, yeah, but not. Uh, No. Marquita says, my fear is that the post-credit scene actually meant something, but not because of The Shining or anything like that, because I don't want to see her um, as a central character, which is valid. Um, oh, poor Jackie. Deb Van Eiderstein <laughs> says, if they're going to focus on Des Jardins, they should get on with it because David Selby is not a young man. Which Good is point. fair. Um, fair point. Um, <laughs> Stephen Stone thinks that Jackie is going to become an axe murderer like an uncle, uh, like her uncle because she has a taste for it now, which is kind of supported by the way she was right. She already did. She yeah. is an axe murderer. She's already an axe murderer. It was self-defense. Um, yeah. And then... It's still murder. Let's yeah. see. And actually, Stephen Stone says, I don't want him to fock on any of those characters. He wants an all-new all story. So that's true. Um, that's absolutely, that's absolutely yeah. fair as well. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, references to these characters, but whole new characters, yes, I could, I could I see that. I think you have to have one core... A constant. String. Desmond from Lost. You need to have the constant. You have to have a constant in all the shows. Fuck off Not with Lost. Penny's ball. <laughs> Fuck off Thank with you, Lost. Emma. <laughs> we'll sit together, Hannah. Don't you worry. She gets fuming when I... I stopped watching Lost and then it got spoiled well, for me in like a Walking Dead podcast randomly. Uh, um, but uh, I know, hard work. But also, so is the show. Uh, but no, I, I see what you mean. But I think Castle Rock is our like holding string but there's got to be something else that parallels it. Otherwise, it's not enough. A town is not enough. Mm. It's got to be a character. And whether mm. that is Alan Pangborn, young Alan Pangborn, we've seen him. Young Pangers. Makes sense. Pangers, oh. I love. Yeah. Pangers. Pangers. Our boy Pangers. RIP. RIP Pangers. I'm out of yeah. that beer. That is the last of my of wine. By the way, is that a little tribute to White Wine Warden there, Emma? <laughs> She's uh, she's finished a whole bottle. Actually, so. I think you'll find that the um, glass in the warden's house when the plastic soap the soap figurine turned up was red wine. I don't drink. Was that. it red wine? Yeah. Was it? Well, she That's was like white wine at the the other we, bar. We call her so we call her the soap warden now. Anyway, that's just her name. Soap I didn't warden. Have warden. My notes last week when I deleted them. So soap, soap warden. That's what soap we call her. Bad taste. Yeah. Don't eat the soap. What about exploring the curse that the Reverend mentioned, the cannibal kid? Interesting. That'd be cool. What? Because the other thing, you know what? Uh, This just occurred to me. So the kid was supposedly the thing that was making all this shit happen, right? Uh, In theory, yeah. Except that when Lacey told his original story, the kid was nowhere to be found when Lacey was a kid and his brother jumped off that roof in the cat suit. Like, oh, oh, there's another dead plot line. I, I, I think, yeah, I mean... I, I think it's the schisma that makes the town fucked up. Yeah, you know maybe. what I mean? Well, yeah, yeah, I think it's just, like, evil shit can get through because of it. And, can I quickly say, that's, Jackie, that I don't know where my soap figurine is, but if you make me one, I'll give you my address. 
we shouldn't be encouraging people to cut, carve soap figurines. Well, but, I will. Jackie seems like she's no, a, a sane woman. So. Yeah, but I just mean that, you know, after what we've just seen with soap figurines, do, do you really want to receive a soap figurine? Well, yeah. I mean, none of us are yeah. eldritch creatures from beyond the pale, I don't think. Well, that we know You about. don't know me. You know, What's I this? No. I am, I am dead inside. <laughs> But, you know, uh, that's a totally different actually, thing. Yeah. You and I can claim this without having to have a real issue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a goddamn bother. Yes. Please, this, everyone, I'm carve just... us soap figurines. Carve them. Yep. Send them in. Just me. Just me. Just we'll, you. we'll go another live show and lick them. Jackie oh Torrance style. Yeah, we'll just, just you just send us stuff and we'll taste it inappropriately <laughs> on the okay, air. Okay, no, 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 no. I'm Come just on. Just on that. I said one thing. One thing. The, uh, the I can make you a soap figurine if you want it to just look like place. a smaller bar of soap because that's pretty much all I've got. Yeah, I have no skills at all. <laughs> not uh, enough. Not enough people whittle anymore. I feel like no, that's a lost art. Why? Why did? And I'm just going to put this there, and I don't want us to end the show on this, but no. why did the soap figurine that that Molly got not do anything, and the one that the white wine warden got? Like put her on a uh, blind date with a fucking prison bus. Why? Because Jack, Jackie's yeah. life is already shit. But also, who was the soap figurine in Molly's uh, Pretend Town Four? Was it for Molly or was it for Jackie? Because it was Jackie. Yeah. So the warden's soap figurine was a soap figurine of her. The yeah. the soap figurine that Molly got was a man. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Dame Meow said tasting inappropriate things is for the Patreon only. So there we go. There's there's our business model, folks. That's how I'm we not, go. Yeah, I like it. I'm to this. <laughs> yeah, I'm very fussy eater, so I don't know. If you pay, I'll eat soap figurines. Fair enough. Yeah. I, everything has a price, but, like, it's a high price. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to charge you high. So well, now I guess I'm going to ask you one question, and it's yeah. a yes or no. It's not quite as hard. You can't say like yes with an if or no with a but or anything like that. It's the it's your it's blueberry the, rules. Yeah, got you. Would you recommend Castle Rock to anyone? Like, I mean, and I'm saying like not just people who like Stephen King or people like horror or anything like that. Would you just if somebody said, "Hey, I heard about that Castle Rock show. Should I watch it?" What would your answer be? Uh, I would say yes. Uh, I think it's accessible enough to everyone. I don't think you need to have read Stephen King, but even people, you know, it is, there's so much, um, stuff out there that you don't even realize is Stephen King. Like I've got some mates and I know if I asked, said to them, you know, like when we watched Shawshank Redemption, you know, that's a Stephen King thing. They'd be like, what are you talking about? They'd be like, literally, what are you talking about? I think there's so many little, things in there that people can pick up on that makes it interesting, keeps them engaged. And I also just think that uh, it's a good show. It's a well put together show. I mean, anyone watching cannot watch this show and not be attracted to it in some way, shape or form because of the aesthetic that they've created, the use of music. It's got amazing actors. I mean, there's, there's not really many flaws with it other than um, the execution of the ending. Now, <clears throat> that's not a reason not to recommend something to someone because as I said, it's an ambiguous ending. So they might think, Oh, that was amazing. And a lot of people had said it's amazing. You gave it a five, uh, Emma. So look, I would recommend it wholeheartedly. I want more people to see the show. Um, the problem here is, you know, it's only released in America at the moment and Canada, I believe. So, um, there's a whole worldwide market that is still oh. yet to see the show. 
So, <laughs> so we watch via Hulu. We've got Hulu accounts. Um, right. So that's, that's the way we watch officially. Um, In typical American fashion, I hadn't even considered the world outside of this country. Well, that's it. And see, so like, if you look, the, the, the audience for the show is only just the United States, North yeah. America, essentially at the moment, North American territories. So basically, mm. You've got no one in the UK has bought the show yet, and when ah. that happens, there'll be you know a couple million people watching it here, and then you know that will happen across Europe, mm. and that will happen in parts of Asia, Australia. I don't think has necessarily got the rights to it yet either, and that's a massive audience as well. So except for Gaz and Gareth from Australia, so he can tell us when that's going to happen. So in terms of uh, recommending it, I hope we don't need to. I hope the reviews are, are good enough at the moment. I think it's 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 like 85% on Rotten Tomatoes as an aggregate scoring for the season, which I think is pretty high. Um, yeah. That's decent. Like, yeah. you know, very popular mm-hmm. shows like The Walking Dead are on about, they should be on about 60% or lower because it has got awful. But, the, you know, so, yeah, I'd recommend it, Em. Uh, so, Katie, your question was, would you recommend this to anyone, right? Yep, if somebody, no matter who it was, regardless of what you knew about him, should I watch Castle Rock? No. You should watch Castle Rock for a number of reasons, and that's not if you or anyone. So it's more of a debatable thing. So my best mate, who has very similar interests to me, mm-hmm. um, was asking me about the podcast because she's a Walking Dead fan, so fan critical, our, our parent pod, uh, one of the things that we do that I host, God forbid, should that ever happen, uh, is Walking Dead. and um, and she listened to that because she's the one who got me into The Walking Dead. And she and I was talking about Castle Rock, and she said to me, do you think I should watch it? And I just went, no. But are you sure? And I was like, oh, I don't really know. But no, but your initial reaction is correct. So she she loves a horror movie. She loves a, a shit horror movie. Um, and I don't really B-movie like horror, horror films. No, B-movie. Right. I am down with that shit. But, like, actual scary horror movies, no. Sorry, not having that. Um, but she is not the kind of woman who enjoys Stephen King. And I know she won't like it, despite the fact that it is a spectacular TV show. Yeah, It's beautifully put together. It's well-written predominantly. Um, Most of the episodes are are fantastic. And despite the fact the ending is massively divided opinion, it's a great show. I would not recommend it to everyone. And I haven't done. And Mm. as much as I should do because of the podcast, I I haven't. And there have been a lot of people I've gone... this is what we're covering. Yeah. But look, here's you're a, not going to like it. But here's the thing, like Game of Thrones, right? A oh. Phenomenon, an absolute phenomenon. Our favorite show, our favorite thing to talk about, probably Game of Thrones, right? Um, right. When that first came out uh, years ago, is that an accessible show? You're sitting there going fantasy, like which automatically, no, you know, no, a lot not, of people enjoy. Now that... look at it. It's the, the, the biggest no, no, thing no, no, on the no, planet no, no. by a mile. So it, just because you think it might not be accessible, don't Wait, don't rule on. that out. That's not what I'm saying. Um, Acadia, what have you just done? Oh, I registered to... um, howmanyblueberries.com and I'll sell it to you guys for a very high fee because you could just, you know, combat Rotten Tomatoes, which John said yeah. was a bad system. So I think bad. the blueberry John system is, is superior. John, John is, Acadia. yeah. John is right, though. I, I don't like Rotten Tomatoes, but it is an aggregate. If we're, ta- if we're taking in all of the scores, John, that's what it does. So <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and throw my hat in with Emma, and I have an actual hat to throw. No, I would not recommend it to anyone. Yeah, because it's not a show for anyone, right, Hannah? So, no, like, I think that certain types of people. It alienates a lot of people. 
And if the ending had been a little bit different, I think it would have alienated less of the average viewer, but even more so now. I don't think I would recommend it to everyone. And that's not to say I didn't love it and that I don't have friends that I would absolutely recommend it to, but I think it's a a particular type of audience. And I say that as somebody who's like balls deep in the horror community, even everyone I know in there won't necessarily like this. Right. Because it doesn't also mean that you have to be a Stephen King reader to love Castle Rock. No. No. You have to be a certain kind of horror, supernatural ambiguous uh, yeah i mean if i had friends who had read maybe stuff like by jillian flynn i might say they might like this show because it's kind of a mystery thriller in a way but like if i had friends who were maybe into more of like the saw type of horror i would say they wouldn't like this or Mm. you know a person who watches like ozark or breaking bad i wouldn't recommend this to them they wouldn't like it it's not traditional horror yeah i just say i i just think you should always give things a go, in my opinion. Even if you think you're not going to like something, you might end up liking it. A show like The Wire, very slow-paced show, one of the best things ever made. And I wish I had the time. Yeah. To, so, you know, I, I got to know going in whether I'm going to like something or not. Yeah. It, yeah. I think what, what we're coming down on with this, it's it's a yes with an if. So it's not it's yeah. not an unequivocal yes. It's going to be a qualified yes. And I'm going to point three things yes. out in the chat because I think they're great, and I think it's probably yeah. a, a, a good way to end it. Yep. Uh, number one, I've got. Um, they were talking about Kingdom Hospital, which was that Stephen King TV yes. series that I was know. on. I have not. Damiel said Kingdom Hospital was targeted towards the general public, and it was awful because it wasn't Stephen King enough. And I would say that you know that's that's not off base whatsoever. And then Stephen Stone said. I've never read any Stephen King and got none of the references, and I was on board until the last episode. That's so good. So, as someone who's never had anything, so there you go. And then, uh, on a on a you know uh, Castle Rock live note, John points out Hannah gets to say balls deep, and everyone just no sells it. I say go solo, and all of a sudden you're going to censor me. That's true. That well, is very no, true. No, Len I, I feel me. like mine was a little more I'm commonly not- used. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But John goes out of his way, don't worry. Oh. He he literally, yeah, he's a disturbed man. Remember, everyone, John also, is a John's disturbed John's next comment man. is, uh, Len, you are a fussy eater? I am. How can you say that? Uh, he, no, he means... Can you say he that? Mean, he means you should try everything, because I said, I think you should always try a... Ah, uh, ha, ha, ha. And I'm yeah, a fussy I'm, eater, so correct, I have been... I was trying not to sound pretentious. So when I get the podcast and I have to ask what you will and won't eat, you do have to do that. Yeah, I'm going to now not do that. No, fine. Okay, fine. For the Patreon, you're going to starve. Well, brilliant. The Patreon is going to be people send us stuff and they have to bet on how many of us will eat it, and then we prove it to them. I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah, Yeah. Patreon. We'll announce details of that next next week. So now, in bugs, yes, shellfish now. In the Words of, in the words of, I'll take something from, from professional wrestling and I am going to ask yeah. you, Len and Emma, put yourself over. Tell everybody that's watching what you're doing next, what people are going to be finding you in. So, yeah. So basically, guys, um, anyone who has been following us this, this season, thank you very much for, for listening to us. Um, and we're going to be keeping the main podcast going. Castle Rock Critical is going to be a year, all year round thing. We're going to, cover 
any horror films that we fancy covering. We're going to cover season two pre-production, any rumors that we've heard about the stories, any casting information, all of that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff. But the main focus of it is actually going to be, you know, we're blessed with a wealth of opportunity uh, and material from Stephen King himself, novels, adaptations, some of them hilariously bad as well, which makes excellent podcasting because it just means we can all get drunk and have a laugh at it. Mm -hmm. So every two weeks or so, uh, to the same schedule that we're on now, we're going to be releasing a, a Stephen King related um, podcast in some way, shape or form with pre-production notes on season two. Um, so that's going to be really fun. So hopefully everyone sticks around for that, because if you enjoyed Castle Rock and you haven't say, you know, we'll tell you what we're going to cover. We could cover things like the Dead Zone. We'll say, look, go watch the Dead Zone, you know, with uh, mm-hmm. it's Christopher Walken, isn't it? Yeah. That. Yeah, yeah. And, go, uh, Martin Sheen and Martin Sheen. Go watch that, you know, and then we can all talk about it. And it's just a great way to get us all together again and get this the whole collective of listeners that you know have listened to us this season together again talking about Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Um so that's happening. We're also please do check out our main uh, our main channel, which has everything that we do on it, which is called Fan Parent Podcast. Parent Podcast called Fan Critical. Um we basically review loads of films other tv shows um you know it, it literally has everything on there from game of thrones stranger things black mirror westworld you name it it's on there uh, any marvel film star wars just um go check that out and we'd appreciate any subscriptions to that channel and that will be active as well all year round we try and release one every you know week or so a podcast on there um and that's it really for the time being well from so, you then from me yeah what about emma Oh yeah, that's so right. my next uh, live thing is going to be critical consumption. So anything you send me to eat or drink, I will consume live We're not on doing YouTube. That yeah, that's the Patreon. I told you, saving yeah, that. Not you, week. just me. Just you on YouTube. Just me. That's a weird channel. Just you on your own eating things. No, so I'm going to be on it with her, and I we're going to call it Lacey's Basement. Lacey's Basement, because I really I want that name. name to live. or can I just do it in my own? Babe. No, we can do it remote. Don't worry. It's fine. Okay, fine. Cool. Yeah, we'll um, call it Lisa's basement. I'm, I'm in for that. I'm I'm very unfussy. Yep. No, so no. That, that's that, that's television. that's the fan critical plans. What about your guy? Uh, well, the fan cri- castle rock critical uh, plans. What are your plans, guys? Well, Hannah, why don't you tell them what we got cooking? Oh God, I got so, me personally or the Castle Rock Historical Society because I well, got both. I got sixteen thousand irons in the fire. Let's see here. Um, <laughs> I'm working on remastering my solo podcast, which is Undead Airlock, into a more coherent horror genre classroom. Going to be re-recording some critical episodes and putting out some new ones uh, coming up for October. I've got a 31 Days of Horror Movies thing that's going to go on my Twitter. People can follow along and get horror movie recommendations month. Yeah. And uh, I'll be doing a best of 2018 horror media show with all of the books, movies, video games, uh, podcasts, web comics that have come out this year in the horror genre, telling oh, you what I thought was the best. And then um, my brother, who is a video game streamer, he and I are going to start playing on a channel together just for funsies. A Twitch, uh, a Twitch stream. Called, uh, and YouTube, but and YouTube. yeah, called Sibling Rivalry, where we'll oh, be. Nice. Playing together and talking about our experiences with video games. Uh, he's six years younger than me, so it's going to be a lot of fun. He's super fun. Very cool. So that'll be neat. I have another brother, but he lives far, far away. So um, not in it. 
And then as far as Castle Rock Historical is concerned, it sounds like we're doing some of the same things. Um, we're going to be maybe watching some fun horror movies, some of the older Stephen King horror movies, like yeah, Thinner boy. or whatever, and talking about them. Oh, I love putting that out. Yeah, me too. And um, we probably are going to have a segment like Baby's First Dark Tower, because I am reading the Dark Tower series for the first yeah. time. And some Good people idea. have expressed interest oh. in hearing about that mm-hmm. as I go through it and what I'm thinking. Yeah. And so, I, I'm excited to to talk to somebody who's never experienced before. I'm really, really looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll that, be, that'll be, I think there's been some rumblings and whisperings that we will uh, be covering the next season of Channel Zero as it comes mm-hmm. out. Exciting. Yep. Yeah. That'll be a six day wham, bam, thank you, ma'am event because mm-hmm. that's coming out real quick. They're putting it out over, I think, like seven days. Oh, so. God. The so Netflix. My, uh, pre-recorded. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. And, the, so. and we did, and, and I think we're going to keep, and you had, you had fan critical and then you became, you, you put Castle Rock critical into another stream. We're yeah. going to, the Castle Rock Historical Society remains an entity. We just may meet on topics other than Castle Rock. I think that's, yeah, that's the way. Right. And I have, that's the great um, thing about it. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the yeah. same what we're doing with the horror genre. You know, like if we go and yeah. see a horror movie at the at the cinema that we think is completely, you know, riffing on some some Stephen King stuff, which a lot of it will do because it's you know the this, he's the granddad of horror. You know, he's the he's mm-hmm. the author of horror. Then we're going to put it in the Castle Rock. Um, yeah, feed exactly. as well and that's just yeah. that's just you know it's a great genre to sort of talk about because sometimes yeah it's hilarious yeah go on. and we're doing we started it on friday and it was kind of a soft launch um mel's bells who started out as somebody who tweeted furiously at hannah and i and then yeah. jumped up to email and everything and we and we talked about a bunch of stuff and uh now she and i do american horror stream on friday oh, nights nice. Uh, where it's it's definitely not as in depth as Castle Rock because frankly the show doesn't do what Castle Rock was trying to do, but it's still you know great fun and I can't wait for my scrawny gonna uh, Emma Roberts to come back and it's going to have Francis Conroy in it. So Perfect. and then um, so that'll it, we got to decide it's going to have its own feed, but we're also we might put it in the Castle Rock feed so people can you know choose if they want to grab it there. But yeah. then Superficial Gallery, which is kind of the the, the home for all these feeds, we're going to be, and so is Hannah, at the Women in Horror Film Festival Ooh. in Atlanta Ooh. this coming, uh, the beginning of October. It's actually just in a, in a few weeks. Um, I went last year, and it was the first time they had done it, and Jen and Sylvia Soska were there, and it was all, they, they picked films, you know, made by women, produced by women. It's oh, wow. it's an amazing show and we're actually going to have um a booth there and a presence because the gallery now makes movies we are currently uh producing a movie called trophy room because one of the people that's on our squad makes his own films and we are working on giving either uh, writers who have scripts that they can't get made or directors that want to direct and don't know how to do it we're we're sort of trying to be an incubator for people uh, who want to make uh, indie horror shorts and films. Yeah. So we got that going on. If you ever need uh, an editor, just uh, feel free to hook me up. I will I... help out with any of that sort of stuff. I that love that sort of stuff. It's oh, amazing. And then the only other thing is, and I'll say it because Hannah's here and you and I talked about it a little bit in WhatsApp, Len. I really think 
and and everyone in the chat or email us, I think that it would be fun if a bunch of us had a Twitch stream where we played a game together and talked horror, just like the the news of the week. And I think Dead by Daylight would be the the best game just because it's goddamn terrifying. And uh, it's... I think I want to hear what you guys think of when you go see The Nun. What did you think of it? And that kind of stuff. So, you know, just, yeah, yeah. just people talking yeah. about horror. Yeah, I think that's what it sounds like. We're basically just keeping the channels going. So, guys, if yeah. you're listening to this, if you're listening to this, don't worry. They're gonna, there's going to be content. It might not be weekly in, in, our, in terms of us. Right. It'll be like every two weeks because, obviously, the scheduling has been crazy. It's been really busy for us. We've put out a lot of content. Uh, and the uptakes from you guys has been great. So, uh, we're going to keep it going, but we're going to keep it like every two weeks, maybe every three weeks, depending on what's there to review, you know? Um, mm-hmm. right. But yeah. But this has been another really fun chat. Um, and questions that we've been posed and answered and speculation is all, is all rife. And it's been amazing. Thank you everyone for joining us on your Sunday. Um, the day of rest, some say, but, uh, you know, the rev would be taken what off, for example. Rest? We're, we're yeah. here. I we're have no idea. Turn. Is rest when you have a duty to yeah Castle Rock. We are du- we're duty bound to Castle Rock. So yeah, but it's been really fun to talk to you guys okay. again. And um, thank you everyone in the chat. There's actually it's actually been a really really good chat. And uh, sorry that yeah. John was on there, uh, sort of causing chaos. He was our impish kid character in the chat. Our little Loki. Yep. Our little Loki in there. Um, but yeah, thank so, you so much, guys. I really do appreciate thank you. it. Really great. See you later. See you later, guys. Bye. Francis Conroy, if you're watching, call me. (laughs) (laughs) Bye bye. Bye. So that was it. That was uh, that was the live chat. As I said, it was long, and we do go off on tangents, but that's why live stuff is always fun. It, you know, we go on to some crazy subjects, and we get to talking about things that we didn't think we'd get talking about. the participation was great from everyone in the chat again. So if you participated in that, thank you very much. If you missed it this time, there will be more in the future, I'm sure. But that's it for now. We'll be back same time as usual on our regular schedule Thursday evening for our season wrap up where we're going to talk about everything finale with just us guys. Um, and then, of course, there'll be some little fun segments in there for everyone, too. Um, if you've enjoyed, please do subscribe. As I said, content will be produced all year round, Stephen King adaptations will be covered. Some of them are terrible, and John is going to hate a lot of them, I'm sure. That's it, guys. See you on Thursday for the season wrap-up cast. <laughs>